You're now rocking with tdfeverything.tumblr.com. All right. And uh, welcome back to another SADD podcast. Sitting next to my good friend Noah. Hello, hello. Uh, we met make, doing a 24-hour uh, film thing, uh, contest. Um, stayed in touch. You contribute to DorkShelf, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, DorkShelf.com. I'm uh, one of the contributors for that. Um, you're a writer in your own right? Uh, I'm a writer, trying to be a writer in my own right. Um, we'll get into a little bit of how Django has affected that. Nice, nice. I can't wait for that. Um, so, yeah, basically, if you are following along with us, uh, we are paused on the Columbia logo, and we're going to jump into Django, Django Unchained, which you probably knew if you were on the pod, on the blog site. But just in case you didn't come to it that way, we're going to watch Django, have some stories, have some laughs. Have some bass, spill some beer on myself. Yeah, it's all part of the fun. Don't worry about it. So, uh, yeah, Noah, I can get you to count down from any number other than three. If we can get this Let's go eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And it's it's going. All right. Go Columbia. So I guess the reason we picked this is because this was definitely my favorite movie of two thousand and twelve. And you weren't so uh hot on it. Uh definitely not my favorite movie of two thousand twelve. Um I I describe my relationship with it as complicated. Um, we'll we'll get into that more as it goes. Okay. Uh, I want to draw attention right now to the original the, the font they're using right now, which is the actual uh, the original Django fo- font from the Serbio Carbucci film. Um, so yeah, that is something I wanted to talk about. I had no idea about the original films until the mm-hmm. trailers for this started coming out. Right. Well, I guess when they said he's doing Django Unchained, and everyone started referencing the fact that it was a a real movie already, but right. Well, yeah, a lot of people don't really still grasp how it's it's not uh, it's not a remake, it's not a sequel. It's just uh, the name Django has become a bit of a Western trope ever since uh, Serbio Carbucci first used it. It's been in uh, like a few dozen other films now, and it's just kind of become one of those names that's popped up that people like to uh, to use. It sort of ties them together in a loose way. So uh, yeah, Tarantino's uh, just making his Django film. Um, something else I'd like to add is that in the Caribbean culture, it's a very uh, popular phrase. I, th- I think I saw Christoph Waltz talking about this in an interview, that it's also something that him and his Austrian friends would say if someone was trying to act cool. Oh, but yeah? it's definitely something that uh, Jamaicans, I, I don't know, I'm Guyanese, so I don't know about Guyana, but for some reason I know about Jamaicans, and they love to say, oh, this guy's acting like a real Django. Or like huh. they, it just means cool. I'm going to start saying that now. Yeah, it's pretty you, cool. Uh, we're both going to start saying <laughs> it, and it's going to be great. Uh, I should also mention, too, one of the reasons we're doing this today is that uh, the official release date of it is tomorrow, uh, April 16th. Uh, this is going to be coming out on DVD and Blu-ray. I could not get my hands, unfortunately, on a Blu-ray f- for this viewing. And watching this DVD right now on a high-def TV DVDs always look really strange on a high def television to me. It looks it looks like oh you don't like this look. No, it looks like look at this. It looks like it's like on a stage. Oh, can or I like, just can I just say that is just how these things look on this TV. Yeah, you can put a Blu-ray on, you can do whatever, and it's gonna look like it's staged. It's something yeah. I often uh, talk about with my roommate. Here. Yeah, what's up with that? I, I'm not I'm not a fan of the look. Yeah. I've I guess I've gotten used to it. Yeah. 
It's just uh, it's, it's a TVs. function on the TV. Are you sure that uh, you can't change the settings on that? This is fascinating commentary, by the way. Hey, listen, <laughs> we're, we're going to be in this for the long haul. It's so true. We've got a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, while they're still in the chain gang, uh, I wonder if that's a conscious reference to Army of Darkness. A lot of the, the scenes of them going through the rocks there. I don't know if you're familiar with Sam Raimi's. Not, here's the thing. Yeah. I'm always going to get burnt on this until I finally yeah. just uh, break down and watch it. Yeah. But I have not watched Army of Darkness or no, Evil or Dead. Evil or Dead no. I have not watched any of those movies. Uh, well, yeah, you're missing out. Evil Dead 2 in particular. Okay, that is... Evil Dead 2 is a shift, right? Yeah, it's a good like midway between the two. Like okay. um, Before it goes all basically comedy fantasy with um, Army of Darkness. Evil okay. Dead 2 is a bit of the horror. So here we go. we got the introduction of uh, Schultz. Well, I guess these guys have... They're not the Brittle Brothers, are they? No. No. Uh, wow. You can tell I've seen this <laughs> eight times. We also... Uh, we already have failed in our attempt to try to follow along with the script I'm gonna, here. Well, got, I'm going to look at the uh, first line here. We've got the uh, Tarantino script that was uh, released online about a year before the film's release. And... Uh, I read it then at the time, so it's one of the reasons why this viewing was a little anticlimactic for me, is that I, I had read the script already and uh, <laughs> took a lot of the tension out of it for me. Um, I thought that it was great reading uh, Inglorious Passage. So that is the first line, I guess. Who's that? Someone around in the... <laughs> Someone did say whoa earlier, though. So Yeah. Here's the tooth the tooth on top of the uh, carriage. It got a lot. Always gets a lot of laughs. I heard they went through about twenty different teeth. Uh, really? Because that thing was yeah, just like banging around so much and knocking into trees. Um. So the one thing I was surprised about in this movie was how genuinely funny it was. And mm-hmm. I don't know why. I guess most Quentin Tarantino movies. Bastards was hilarious. Yeah. And this is kind of in the same realm as Bastards mm-hmm. in terms of tone and uh, what's trying to be accomplished. True. But um. I definitely was taken aback at how funny I thought it was. And speaking of bastards, we got Waltz here, which is playing a very Little similar character. Landed. Yeah, he's won Oscars for both of his Tarantino roles, which I don't know if I agree with since I found them both very similar. And when I read this script when it was leaked online uh, a year ago, part of me thought that it was a fake script. Uh, really? Because, yeah, I didn't think it was quite up to Tarantino's snuff. And uh, one of the things was that this sh- at the time it had already been announced that Christoph Waltz was playing Schultz, and I felt that the character, as written, was too much like the uh, the Jew hunter from from, from uh, Bastards. Yeah, so I felt like somebody just took that character and put him in here, even though he's obviously like this character is much more uh, benevolent. Yes. Um, yes. Which also I felt was a bit of a conscious like uh, redemption for the Germans, and it's kind of like this is his way Tarantino's way of saying, you know, sorry and, about that. Yeah, no, and just like every country has like black spots in their history. You know, it's like not just Germany; we've all got black spots in our history. Yeah, I guess because this guy's Austrian, so I guess oh, yeah, they really right. wanted to be like, hey, listen, sorry about that whole inglorious bastard <laughs> thing. We, we got a German guy doing the right thing in this movie. Yeah, points out that he is actually morally opposed to slavery. Yeah, which I found weird, but whatever. <laughs> um. So this is the first Django line. I have completely given up. I'm following <laughs> along with this. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, maybe it's a bit much. Yeah. No, it, it seems like he's he's paired away at some of the lines that uh, I can see Dr. Schultz has. But mm-hmm. more or less, this is the same script. Yeah. From the five minutes we've seen. Yeah. I th- I'm pretty sure he um, he changed the ending or added on that extra bit at the end. 
we definitely have to talk about that. Yeah. What I want to talk about first is, um, so when I saw this movie uh, with my parents, we were at uh, we were at uh, Eglinton Town Center, which I I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on the podcast already, but just a really obviously uh, multicultural audience, mm-hmm. and there was um, I don't know how to describe him. He's probably in his early 30s, late 20s, and uh, he's a black guy who did not appreciate how humorous this scene was. He heard everyone laughing. And I don't know if he took this as laughing at slavery, which I don't think he should have. Right. Um, or if he legitimately thought, why is this such a funny thing if we're dealing with such serious subject matter? Right. And he had to get up and leave. During this scene. Not this particular scene. He gets up during the Don Johnson scene. Oh, yeah. But I guess I'm happy he left because there's a lot that would really piss him off in this movie. Right. Yeah. If he couldn't get through this scene. Yeah. Well, I don't know if, if now's the time, but at some point we would definitely should address some of the controversy. Um, well, let me, let me just ask this: it, 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 if there's any, if there ever was a context where I, I'm not going to, even if you say yes, but <laughs> oh, no. if I was able I to, I would use, never be. Uh, if I was able to use the N word in any context, would it be a Django podcast? I'm, you like, definitely would have to. I mean, you because well, there was that interview with uh, Samuel Jackson where he, right. he dared the guy to do it. He dared him. Well, I'm not Samuel Jackson, though. So. I know, but I wouldn't do Here's it. Here's the thing. Either. I'm not going to be mad if you do it. I'm also <laughs> not going to be recorded as saying, go ahead and do it. True. Fair enough. Well, like I said, I preempted that with, even if you say yes, I still won't. Um, no. But you're I, feel like, I feel like if there ever was a time. You'd have to because you're just <laughs> saying the lyrics. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah. not lyrics. You're saying, well, I'm thinking yeah. rap now, but uh, <laughs> just, you're definitely just quoting the movie. Yeah. Well, while, while we're on the topic, I felt like it was like a bit of a fuck you to Spike Lee because Spike Lee got all up in arms about Jackie Brown, and and like I feel like Tarantino yeah. was like, "You ain't seen nothing yet." Like you think that's bad? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. With Spike Lee. I thought they mended the thing because he's. Or no, he's because Quentin's in Girl Six. No, I think that was that was like long ago though, wasn't it? Wasn't but that? Like, I know Jackie Brown probably re, uh, like probably opened up some old wounds, but I mm-hmm. thought that it was more Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction that got him angry. And I thought they amended him. I don't know. Obviously, they didn't because yeah. he's not going to watch this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was very outspoken. About I that here's the thing. Personally, the use of the N-word in Pulp Fiction bothers me way more than the use of the N-word in this particular film. At least here, there's some kind of historical context for using that word. Right. In Pulp Fiction, when Quentin Tarantino keeps saying, is this dead nigger storage? Yeah. It just seems... That seems gratuitous. I don't. Why wouldn't anyone care about that? Especially since uh, that character, uh, what's his name again? His character's name, Jimmy. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy seems like an, like an all around like pretty cool guy, like a pretty nice guy. Well, he has a black wife. Oh, that, I guess that's it too. Yeah, I guess he's. You know what? He's playing Tarantino, or like he's like a. Yeah. He's like. A, so you, I, guess I forgot that. Yeah, he's got the black wife and he's got the black partner. <laughs> so I guess he's pretty cool. But he just like feels like a black guy. I. So here's the thing. You hit it right away. So. Why, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I had the Jackie Brown like special feature DVD, or I had it. It's yeah. not around anymore. And I remember watching an interview. They have an interview on the special features where he's talking about how his mom predominantly dated black men. Mm-hmm. So for all intents and purposes, he's raised by black men. Mm-hmm. So I'm put in this weird position where I understand that why, for most of his life, all the male influences are black people who are going to be using that language right. anyway in front of him. But he still does not have any uh, visual <laughs> markers to 
to display that kind of upbringing. Right. So it's always going to be an awkward thing for him. And I, I get, I feel like he's always caught in the middle of uh, trying to stick up for himself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For, if, for better or worse, if that is something he should be doing, and right. trying to fall back and let people be angry about what they're going to be angry about. Right. Well, he has also like made two of the best like black exploitation throwback films. Yeah. In like that I can think of, like in our lifetime. You know, like well, this, yeah, this and Jackie Spike Lee's Brown not doing it. Sorry, yeah, Spike Lee's not. He's going to do Old Boy right now, though. But I am looking forward to that. I heard yeah. there was some. Who's going to be in that? Uh, Josh Brolin. It's an well, old it's Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, yeah. Who apparently is the one weak spot in the film. Really? Um, and then the guy from District 9, Charto Copley, Copley. I don't know how to pronounce his name. So no Will Smith, eh? There's that's another thing here ties uh, this. Yeah, that. yeah. Will Smith was rumored to be in both. So did you did you read why he's not in this? Um, I heard one report say that uh, it's because he felt that Schultz was the lead and he'll only be the lead. More. Schultz definitely does have yeah. more lines, and he does get to kill the bad guy, the main bad guy. So more importantly, that is why he yeah. said, "I don't get to kill the bad guy." Yeah, which is something I argued with, very I argued with my friends on uh, New Year's. Because I argue, and I think this speaks to um, Quentin's upbringing, that it's not realistic for Leonardo DiCaprio to be actually the antagonist for Django. Mm -hmm. That Schultz and uh, Candy Mm -hmm. have their thing going, and that's obvious throughout the film. The the dentist and the the candy. Yeah, right? Yeah. I didn't see that before. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Uh, (laughs) Jamie Foxx, and this is... Something I've always known uh, watching films with my mother, it's more the house nigger that is the big issue because that is something that still is. I've always said that. The whole crab in the bucket, crabs in a bucket type Mm -hmm. form. Um, I think that is what maybe he wasn't trying to get at it. Maybe it just was like subconsciously he knew, but I think that's the point is Mm -hmm. that Django gets his bad guy. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio, for as much as he calls him bright boy and the one in a thousand or how many ever he says, mm-hmm. one in ten thousand, I just want to talk about this imagery right here as the noose is around his right. neck. Right, yeah. That's and good. then as the movie goes along, he starts to get higher than the white people he's passing on the horse. Oh, nice. Something you should look at. Um, Will Smith, I think he made a mistake. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I just think that he this was well written in the sense of what what uh, the tensions would be realistically is mm-hmm. and even i mean it's a movie so he gives samuel jackson a lot more um leeway but there's only one scene i can really think of where leonardo DiCaprio actually successfully tells samuel jackson to do something right. most of the movie samuel jackson's telling uh leonardo DiCaprio what to do hmm. a little amber tamblin for no reason um oh yeah what's up with that Is she come back no no lines that is her last scene in the movie Maybe she's in a deleted scene. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Nothing, uh, speaking of deleted scenes, pretty bare bones release uh, here um, for the DVD and Blu-ray. There's like a couple featurettes, but not much to speak of. So uh, that means that just all the more people should enjoy this commentary because... Uh, You're welcome, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, you'll learn a lot because uh, there's, there's not that much to learn on the extras. Maybe there'll be a special edition in a couple of years and we'll all... I'm not a fan of that. I'm going to say that yeah. right now. Quentin, yeah. why don't you just really give me what you got right away? Yeah. So you had the soundtrack, right? Before, uh, before you saw the movie? No, after? actually, no. And I've just listened to it a bunch since I don't actually have the soundtrack. Yet. Okay. So I had the soundtrack. And this scene, 
before they walk in, I'm glad they took it out. I'm going to preface this with saying I'm glad they took it out. But there's an exchange between Jamie Foxx and Christoph. I guess I should use their names, Django and King Schultz, mm-hmm. where he says um, he's basically commenting on why everyone's mad that he's riding in on the horse. And Django explains, "Look, I I shouldn't be doing these things." And he's like, "If we went into a bar, would you get in trouble?" He's like, "Of course, I'm not. I shouldn't be sitting there drinking, let alone with another white man." Mm-hmm. He's like, "So if we did this, would that be enough to get the sheriff involved?" And he's like, of course. And he's like, all right, after you, Django. And I guess that will lead you to know why they're in here right now. Hmm. I'm glad they took it out, though, because I got to enjoy this scene and be like, wait a minute, isn't the sheriff coming? I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. So, but you had read the script, too, though, already. Had not, you? had not read oh, the script. I did not script. catch it. Oh, okay. I only read the script for Inglorious Bastard and uh, Kill Bill. Oh, okay. I wanted to read the script. But yeah, that's weird that they would keep they would leave in deleted dialogue on the uh, on the soundtrack. Well, the soundtrack is yeah. filled with deleted dialogue. Oh, really? There's like a whole exchange with uh, King Schultz and uh, Big Daddy. Hmm. Uh, another place you can go for some deleted Django material is the the comic books that they put out. They have um, comic. Books? Yeah, I only bought the first issue, uh, so I'm not sure how, what they're up to. But uh, there's a forward in it by Tarantino saying that it it contains like material that was deleted from the script. I like they didn't make it to the movie, so and uh, yeah, it was a pretty decent artwork. So if you want a like an extended illustrated version of Django, then go out and look for those comics. <laughs> extended version of this already extended version. Yeah, yeah. All right, All right. I'll, I will look that up because <laughs> I'm 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 interested in that. Um. So yeah, this is Christoph Waltz doing what he does best, just mm-hmm. talking at people. Yeah, which I think is um. I think he's a little overwritten. I think a lot of this movie is a little overwritten. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, which adds to the length of it, which I don't agree with. Okay. Um, I, you know what? I, like, I love I love Tarantino to death, but... Uh, you I, think this I was think too long? I just, yeah, like, I think he the Oscar was more deserved. He didn't win it for Bastards, but he won it for this. But I think Bastards is a much better script, a much better movie well, all around, in my opinion. I think we all know the Oscars is yeah. all about making up for uh, past slights. True. And then, or or just re-rewarding people like Waltz, or <laughs> completely shutting people out like Chris, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, I don't want to get into it because I didn't like that film. But yeah. yeah, for it to get no nominations whatsoever seems a little odd. Well, hey, Kubrick never won a single Oscar except for special effects. Oh well, I guess no. Batman must have got Dark Knight or Batman Begins must have got some special effects. But yeah, I didn't know that Kubrick didn't get anything. No, interesting. Just to go back a little bit, another thing that kind of bothered me a little bit about this movie was the fact that Django uh, had nothing to do with uh, him becoming free. Like he didn't uh, emancipate himself at all. I would have, up to this point, he's doesn't really have a character at all. It's just, um, it's just all kind of like through the kindness uh, of, of, and uh, motivations of Schultz. Yeah, like I would have liked to have seen him break free on his own. What I like about this movie, and I didn't appreciate it until the second time I saw it, was you actually see Django grow as a person. So, True. so you get to see, like, and it's even visuals, like I said, where he, he was riding by and that noose was just hanging. So visually, it looked like he was being hanged, and everyone's looking at him from their balconies or at least higher up than him. In this, he's only really talking to King Schultz, and you'll obviously see him. In that extended scene there with uh, actually Quentin Tarantino, where he's actually talking out to other people that he doesn't know, yeah, and it's just I, I, it basically this works as a very long first act to the actual Django film, right? Yeah. Which, if you don't like it, fair enough, I get mm-hmm. it. 
I just I think there's a lot of good character work in terms of Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Um, and I like hearing Christoph Waltz read the overwritten stuff. Yeah. Well, he does it really well. Um. But yeah, another um, another reason that took away from my enjoyment of this film bit or something I noticed was um, this is his first film without Sally Menke. Is ah. is his you know as he always called her his greatest collaborator, his editor who died. Uh, couple years before this um that is unfortunate yeah. considering the editing problem that it clearly had yeah it's um i felt the pacing was off it was too long it's um it, in my mind it's his it's his smallest story and his and it is his longest film it's it's longer than any movie he's done and it's got the fewest yeah. characters the fewest storylines um and uh it's completely linear as well right you, you've got, oh, yeah, you're kind of missing out on i don't mind that it's linear but i'm just saying like his previous, it's one of the things that made his other films so great was the work of Sally Menke, and I just like really felt her absence in this movie. That scene where everyone ran away was uh, pretty broad. I want to just bring that up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to the editing. It's you, you warned me. I remember you saw it first, yeah. and you said she's definitely missed yeah. <laughs> in this film. Yeah. And I, I begrudgingly had to agree with you. <laughs> Did not stop me from enjoying the film. No. I mean, no. There's still like a lot to enjoy about it. I mean, I was I saw it a few weeks before its release, and for several reasons, it was a bit of an anticlimactic experience. And I was just very surprised at how well everyone, all the other audiences reacted to it when it came out. People were loving it, and like more more so than like any Tarantino movie I can remember. People yeah. were just like, and I guess it's really entertaining. I think it's the momentum from Inglorious Bastards, yeah, um, that helped this get over the hump. Because it's it's weird. My mom does not like Quentin Tarantino, or didn't like him, mm-hmm. up until she tried to watch Inglorious Bastards, kind of reacted the way the guy behind us at the film did, and was like, "This is why, why are they making light of something like this? Yeah. Turned it off. Watched this movie two times in theaters, though. Really? She really enjoyed it, and she's willing to go back and watch Inglorious Bastards now. Mm-hmm. I think the two work well for each other. If you're, if you're trying to get over whatever it is you've got against Quentin Tarantino, yeah. these might be the two films, that just because of the historical aspect of it. Yeah. I feel like... You should like him based off of Pulp Fiction or or a Jackie Brown, but if you don't, mm-hmm. the historical uh, whatever you feel in terms of Nox, Nazi occupation or slavery mm-hmm. might help you get over the hump there, mm-hmm. and then go back and enjoy some of the slick dialogue or edit or the stuff you were talking about in terms of nonlinear uh, storytelling mm-hmm. that he does. They do try the the nonlinear thing at only at one point during this movie, which is when they're. The uh, the KKK guys are raiding the, are raiding yeah, the camp, <laughs> and then for some reason they decide to go back to explain the whole mask thing, which is a very it's a funny scene. I like that scene, but I just don't know why they decided to go back. It was a weird. It they, was a weird. I didn't get it at first. I'm yeah, this is another broad thing. Everyone pointing their guns at the saloon, yeah. but I love that it sets the tone for how he's going to deal with all of his bounties. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm a big fan of Christoph Waltz talking at people. Like I said, I guess it doesn't need to be restated. Um, you are right about the whole winning two Oscars for essentially the same role, mm-hmm. but it could be argued that the role is so good that <laughs> he's gonna win it. I don't know. I guess I don't know. <clears throat> but uh, so back to your saying about uh, people like you know making light of this history or whatever. One thing that he was very outspoken about was. Uh, 
you know, people are saying, obviously, with Bastards and the, the whole Hitler thing, he rewrote history. Right. So people were saying, oh, you're rewriting history again. And he, he was very adamant about saying, no, like, this is this is how it was. He did say that? Uh, pretty much. Oh, man, I can't I can't do Quentin. For as much <laughs> as I like his writing, I can't deal with his interviews. Yeah, well, and he said, like, uh, and then part of the... Um, like the whole, like one of his responses, I can't remember where I saw it, where people were talking about the whole overuse of the N word. He was just like, "It's my job to tell the truth," is what he said at one point, which is like, kind of like mincing words with like a lot of other things that he said, which is like, "No, it's not really a filmmaker's job to tell the truth; it's your job to make a movie okay. and and make a narrative." But like, so that wasn't really necessary. Plus, if you look at IMDb at the uh, goofs, there's this movie is just like rife with anachronisms. Not I that, would imagine. Yeah, not yeah. that I really care about that kind of thing. It's just nitpicky, but, uh, uh, yeah. As in, uh, uh, obviously, um, Germans never use their left hands to fix their hair in any situation, as we just saw there. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> the what I liked, what he stated before um, I saw any bit of footage or even saw a script was he said what he wanted to do with this, and maybe he uh, went back on his word and... Uh, future interviews, but the initial one I read was him saying that um, oftentimes, and I've been told this as well, not that I really complain about it, is that black people are told to just get over slavery, it's done, it's mm-hmm. whatever, and he's like, he wanted this movie to put in the face of people who might say something like that, what you're asking black people to get over. And so I was already on board with a statement like that, like this is... Yeah. So he's going to make it as ugly as possible. So maybe he might embellish with the uh, N-words or whatever. I don't think he did. I know that certain actors made a choice when they were saying the word. Mm -hmm. And so it came off a little um, pronounced. Mm -hmm. But overall, I think the... And we'll see. There's, um, I guess, three scenes of note for me. Maybe you'll have more scenes about the the, uh, violent aspects of it. Yeah. That... um, well, stuff like this, like this was a pretty striking image for me, This him in this mask. And unfortunately, I went to Harriet Tubman camp and knew the name of whatever that was on his face right now. And I can't for the life of me remember. Oh, yeah. But um, just imagery like that, I was like, oh, shit, this guy gets it. Like that. Yeah. Putting that in a film, which I haven't seen that much, or this whole runaway, even if they didn't necessarily put an R, I know that that is a thing, scarring them up like that. It was just... It just mm-hmm. Seem to come from an authentic place, yeah. Despite the anachronisms mm-hmm. that are obviously in it. Well, yeah, from they're, 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 like, they're minute things, like yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, and slavery, you know, relatively wasn't even that long ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can see how this movie could work as catharsis in some ways. I mean, not for me personally. No, I appreciated the effort made. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're probably going to come back to Spike Lee a lot, but I, I saw his movie Miracle at St. Anna, which seemed like he took any script and decided to just cast it with black people. It just mm-hmm. didn't work for me in terms of actually getting stuff like that, little little details like that, mm-hmm. that I learned going to a black history camp and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Red Tails? Did you see that? I did see that. That was a nice video game of a movie. I I don't know. It wasn't. Yeah. I I got the sense that when the trailer had like electro dance music in it, they weren't really. It clearly wasn't cut to win you over in the historic right. aspect of it. Right. It was, uh, it was 
a little watered down version of this in terms of just the catharsis of being like, oh, great, they did it. They shot down the Germans or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, this was a weird choice. The whole watching Carrie Washington not actually be there. And is this the only time she talks to the like camera? They call me Hildy? Uh, I'm not sure. This is only my second time watching it all the way through. Oh, all right, fair enough, <coughs> fair enough. One more point, and like, we'll probably come back to it again. You see the N-word? I was most surprised. I did not see that until just now. <laughs> yeah, the sign there, the sign, yeah. But um, also there was one point, I remember when I was reading the script, where he uses it when it's not in dialogue. He like is like the N-word's over there. Oh, it's no. like not even in the dialogue. <laughs> oh, I can't deal with it. Um, another good scene for Jamie Foxx. I like this. As he, uh, as he, I don't know how realistic it is, but the outfit he picks and just even these choices here that he's making with the hats mm-hmm. kind of gives you a taste of how um, off he might be and why he might be able to do the things he does later in the film. Mm-hmm. He clearly doesn't think like everyone else. No. no he's, got a, he's got his own style, though. When he puts on the blue suit, I'll read uh, this little tidbit of trivia that uh, nice that I came across on the internet. Um, I do like this. Like, you won't let me wear my own clothes? I really like... I didn't like Jamie Fo- I'm going to say this. I didn't like Jamie Foxx portrayal of Django the first time I saw it. And then I learned to enjoy the uh, perceived subtlety. <laughs> maybe mm. they weren't as subtle. Maybe that's just... Was there anyone uh, you would have rather seen? Like uh, Idris Elba, maybe? Nah, he's a little too strong. A little too strong. Yeah, I can see that. I know what you mean. I think physically J- um, Jamie Foxx is good because he's like 5'10". He's yeah. not too buff. I think Idris just looks a little... He's pretty buff. Yeah, he's a... He no, 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 <laughs> Jamie Foxx is. Oh, he is, but I mean, I feel like Idris... Maybe I'm wrong about this. I feel like Idris might beat him up. Oh, yeah, I, think, I think Idris could take him. Idris definitely has like the bigger shoulders, and like he's bigger. I would have liked Will Smith, but I think we're at the uh, little tidbit here. Oh, yeah. Um, so, let me just find it here. The, um, the outfit that he's wearing is based on... Sorry, I got to look it up here. Um, I will say, as you're looking for that, that this is the scene that broke the camel's back, so to speak, with the uh, guy leaving. He legitimately said, all right, that's it. I got to go. I got to get out of here. Stood up with his three friends looking at him like, well, we're not leaving. And oh, then yeah. him looking at his girlfriend, He, she gets up, kind of looks back and forth. He walks down the steps. He's already out of the theater by the time she's like, well, I guess I got to go. So he made like a big deal of it? He made such a big deal. Also, when... Um, when Django, does he shoot those Speck brothers or whatever? I th- Well, I know uh, King Schultz shoots one of them, but I feel like Django shoots the other one. And after everyone laughing throughout that funny thing, the guy goes, now that's funny. That's what I call funny. <laughs> right there, that's funny. And I was yeah. like, all right, buddy, you're going to have to leave soon. <laughs> and he did. He left right after this whole exchange. Yeah. So, yeah, I found it here. So okay. his, his blue costume is based on the famous painting, The Blue Boy. Uh, this painting inspired F.W. Murnau's film, The Boy in Blue, and Murnau is best known for creating the unchained camera technique, the moving wow. camera. There you go. Django is most definitely unchained in this film. Yeah. So I don't, know, I, I don't know if that's a coincidence. I read that on the internet a while ago. I don't know that, I don't know if that was an actual, like, intentional reference or not, but uh, it's kind of a... Uh, it seems like it would be. He, yeah. I, I, Seems like it would be. I c- I can't speak for him, unfortunately. Tarantino does like to move his camera a lot. He's pretty good. Pretty good with that. Um, I really like this exchange when she's like, "You want me to treat him like a white boy?" Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's just a funny bit. Um, and I think what was this? Was Don Johnson third in this role after Kevin Costner, Kurt Russell, and then were the, I think Kurt, the Kevin Costner role was supposed to be um, what ended up going to Walton Goggins. Who's that? Pretty. Uh, so, do you watch Justified or Shield? Only seen a couple episodes. Okay, so he is um, the main antagonist, Boyd Crowder. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to show you a picture of Walton Goggins, and then maybe that'll... Basically, he's the guy in this movie that goes to Django, even though I don't think he should have. Right. So this guy. <laughs> That's really funny. Like, Why no. not to treat him like... <laughs> no. I can see that. Yeah, this is, some, this is some good work by Don Johnson. Is he referencing Jonah Hill in this when he goes, what's the name of that Pecklewood boy? Maybe. That would be pretty funny if it, if it is. Terry? Terry or Terry. I don't remember. Let's see if I they bring it up. Let's see if they mention it in that scene. So this is, if anyone oh, is listening guy, yeah, along, yeah. just Google image Walton Goggins, and you'll see what I mean. Awesome in Justified and the Shield. But um, I'm pretty sure that was the Kevin Costner role. Hmm. Um. Justified, based on Elmore Leonard characters, uh, who's um, also Jackie big, Brown. Yeah, big inspiration for Tarantino, and Elmore Leonard started out writing westerns as well um, before he was doing crime. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure Tarantino probably was inspired by Elmore Leonard with this movie a bit as well. He definitely. This is a weird camera angle. Um, I feel like we should talk about your your writing. Well, it's actually it's kind of good timing because that my story was actually also inspired by Elmore Leonard. I've read a lot of Elmore Leonard um, westerns and the crime stuff. And yes, before I found out about uh, Django Unchained, I was I was working on a story on a, on a it's going to be my first feature script that was based around a runaway slave and a bounty hunter. <laughs> uh, you yeah. told me this earlier, and I was like, no way. I honestly thought that. Five minutes later, you'd be like, yeah, I was just kidding. No, but no, it was a very different story. But just based on those facts alone, um, it definitely like took some wind out of my sails. Um, my story was post Civil War, so the oh, uh, this is pre Civil War. Yeah, this is pre Civil War. Um, starts off with the bounty hunter catching this guy, and you find out that he was like a runaway slave who became a soldier and then became a fugitive, and sort of like it's this one night, like while they're all like, kind of by the fire, getting drunk together. And you're kind of finding out the backstory and kind of how their histories are like tied. Um, so yeah, it's very different. Um, but like uh, the fact that just it's based around like a runaway slave and a bounty hunter. So you're saying you and Quentin were reading Elmore Leonard and came to the same conclusion: yeah. I need well, to write about a runaway slave yeah, and a well, bounty hunter. Actually, no. The story, the Elmore Leonard story that I wrote that inspired it, wasn't even about a runaway slave. It was about uh, this cow. This I think it was a bounty hunter or some sort of lawman drinking with like a group of. Uh, a group of natives, and they basically they're drinking, okay. they're drinking mescal, and basically it kind of becomes like a drinking contest, where like he has to sort of out drink them all, and that's that's like so that's like an element in my story as well. They're getting drunk, to, like really drunk, and they're kind of like it's kind of like oh like you're gonna pass out, and I'm gonna get away, and it's like no, I can drink more than you. <laughs> I do like that. I do like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. This is what I was talking about, by the way. One of the more physical, uh, violent things. The it was a little hard for me to watch the first time. Yeah. Considering it's the first real acting you see from Kerry Washington, having to Plus, see her scream. For yeah, 
Plus, they they all they shot it on real plantations as well. Tarantino like spoke about that in a few interviews about how. Wow. I think when they, when they were shooting that scene in particular, everyone like got really emotional. I think he said like he teared up a bit. Okay, that is this. Yeah, I heard Jamie Fox talking about it. I, was like, yeah. I don't know what scene he's talking about because they were like because they were like actual slave blood has probably fallen in this ground, you know. Very artistic of them. Yeah. <laughs> um. This was also kind of hard. For, this more than ever looks like it's fake and like on a stage. The scene that we're watching right now is the it's, yeah. Can I? It's a bit of fun here. Do you think that he actually thinks that hitting her with that whip will stop her from dropping eggs? I feel like that can't possibly help um, matters at all. Probably not in like the immediate future. But um, like she's definitely gonna be trembling. The yeah, whole time. like I don't think he's gonna get her to carry eggs like right afterwards. You're you're right. He's definitely not. <laughs> like that would be unwise. So the first time I saw this movie, him getting the Brittle Brothers so early made me be like, oh shit, I don't even know what to. Ex- You've read you read the scripts. So yeah, you didn't have the same thing. But like me, just being like, you thought they were like, gonna wow. be like the main like antagonists. Well, I thought they would lead a lot more directly into Candy, Candy. Man. Yeah. Man. and so for him to get them right away. And I yeah. guess it's good because they were a big part of the trailers. Yeah. The whole, I like the way you die, boy. Yeah. So to like get that out of the way pretty early was pretty pretty sneaky, sis. Mm-hmm. Um, really love the music in this. Um, yeah. As, as always, he, uh, he does a great job picking the songs. Um, I don't know. Did we talk about this? You, t- you, t- you talked to Quentin Tarantino. Um, yeah. Well, right before, right before I saw it. Um, through through my website, uh, Dork Shelf, not my website, but the one I contribute to. You can call it your uh, website. Yeah, it's my no website. I started it. it. No uh, Will's not going to listen to this. He's a jerk, anyways. Um, You're a jerk, Will. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was all kind of pretty last minute. Um, they uh, they're like, oh, you can go on the red carpet, and uh, That's you know, awesome. you might you might get a question or two. And um, so yeah, it was pretty nerve wracking. I was there with uh, surrounded by people with their nice big broadcast quality cameras, and all I had was uh, my iPhone. Um, Powerful iPhone. Yeah, it's an iPhone five. I will defense. accept those checks anytime you like, mm-hmm. Apple. <laughs> yeah, the iPhone five. Um, he uh, he almost walked right by me. I was near like right near the end of the red carpet, but uh, I grabbed him. Nice. Um, yeah. Assertive. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, I also, in addition to Dork Shelf, I, I work for a website called Cinema Canadiana and run the Twitter. So I wanted like a soundbite for that. So I asked him um, what his favorite Canadian movies were, apart from Hardcore Logo, because he uh, I knew he'd, he'd released that one in the States under okay. his name. Um, so yeah, he named mostly uh, sort of the schlocky 70s horrors of like William, uh, William Fruitt, okay. who I didn't even know. Like he actually, I didn't know any of the titles at the time when he named them. He yeah. seems like he would stump you on a couple of them. Yeah. He certainly would stump me. Yeah. So the ones he named were uh, Death Weekend, uh, AKA House in the Lake, and he did the name uh, both titles for that one. Okay. Um, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Never uh, heard of these. Yeah. Uh, Bob Clark movie called uh, Children Shouldn't Play at Dead Things. These are Canadian films. Yeah, the Cana- wow. they're, they're like all Canadian horror movies from the 70s and 80s. And uh, yeah, so then just as he was about to leave, I grabbed him for like one more question. I had to kind of like interrupt him because he was taking long pauses and I was worried I was going to miss him. Uh, <laughs> so I sort of interrupted him and was like, if you could, I asked him to watch, oh, some cotton candy. 
Um, wow. <laughs> you are killing it with the uh, candy references, <laughs> yeah. I got to say. I'm going to bring up the, the, the dentist thing again because I haven't heard anyone else bring that up before. Yeah, you got like, you got to coin that. Yeah. The dentist hating the candy. Yeah, the then. He even it's says, I don't go in for sweets. Yeah, no. It's, oh, it's the dentist's worst enemy. And that's why he kills him. He gets to go out in a blaze of glory. But uh, anyways, yeah, the one other question I got to ask Quentin Tarantino was uh, if you were to watch one Western before Django, what would it be? Or if he had to tell people to watch one Western. Right. And uh, he said Navajo Joe, which is um, another Sergio Carbucci one starring um, Burt Reynolds as Navajo Joe. And I watched it, and it's, it's not very good. <laughs> uh, is yeah. I don't even know. Is the original Django that good, or it's was got it just some, like, like really violent and people enjoyed it? Um, it's it's got some really cool stuff in it. I watched it a few years ago. Um, it's definitely like if if you if you watch like a lot of spaghetti westerns, it's better than most of them. Okay, it's not better than uh, like the Dollars Trilogy, but it's up there. I really I've, I only watched the Dollars Trilogy, and I didn't think I was gonna like it that much. I'm not that big of a fan of westerns, but yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed. Especially the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, it's it's incredible. As underground and uh, unmainstream as that sounds. <laughs> then, uh, so yeah, after I got to talk to uh, Quentin Tarantino, uh, recorded the video on my iPhone, ton of pictures of him too, and then to go to the screening right after, they made us uh, check our phones. So that's another <laughs> thing that like I think affected my enjoyment of this movie oh, a little you bit. Just, like, I was so paranoid the whole time. Like not only was it, was it like a brand new iPhone five, it's an incredible. Um, incredible tool this one amazing um, piece of yeah. machinery I, I, I also had this high def video of quentin tarantino on it that i hadn't backed up that anywhere. only an iphone 5 could get yeah so i was quite paranoid the entire film that uh this was going to be the one time that they're going to be like oops all your cell phones got stolen guys sorry i'm glad it didn't get stolen i'm me too say that. yeah um navajo joe that is there's a song i really like from that's on this soundtrack from the Navajo Joe soundtrack. Unfortunately, I don't know the name of it because it was probably in Italian. Um, yeah, well, actually, the Navajo Joe soundtrack was done by Neo Morricone under a pseudonym for some reason. I can't okay. remember why. I feel like the pseudonym game is for when you're not proud of something, at least for Usually, directors. yeah, and scores as well. And uh funny thing about Neo Morricone is he did some original music for this. Um, I think it's the first time Tarantino ever had original music in it. Yeah. And uh, Neo Morricone says that he'll never work with Tarantino again, apparently. I wish you never told me that. That yeah. is the most disappointing thing I've heard yeah. he in said, weeks. He said he didn't like the way that uh, Tarantino places music in his films without coherence and never giving enough time. Uh, honestly, I could have gone my whole life, not heard that, and lived a very happy life. <laughs> I'm glad you said it, because yeah. that is a nice exclusive for this podcast or anyone who knows how to read the internet. Yeah, But <laughs> I, I just feel like... Oh, that is horrible. I, w- I wish... Uh, whatever. Here's the I end. really enjoy when he puts um, Ennio's music in his films. I hope that it doesn't well, stop him from just... Yeah, he could still he could still get the rights, I'm sure. Like uh, I think Neil Morcone is just saying that he's not going to write original stuff for him. I'm sure he could still get the rights to old stuff, and that's often when it's the best. Yeah, well, because then he can write ahead of time to it. So and here's uh, the one scene where they go nonlinear in a moment. And it's, it is an awkward... Or just... Uh, I guess anything would have been arbitrarily weird if mm. you're only doing one scene out of order, but mm. I particularly didn't get why this one was done out of order. Mm. And a lot of people, uh, myself included, kind of question Jonah Hill's presence. I never questioned it. No. I thought it was great. No. Um, it's not great. 
I, I just He's didn't funny. really. Conf- I, I, I guess I was. I feel like it just takes you out of the film a little bit, especially since he's still in that like that new slim era, yeah. Where a lot of people are like, "Is that Jonah Hill? <laughs> What's going on?" So it kind of takes you out of it a little bit. Well, just now when they were on that hill, I thought the other guy was David Koechner. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Google image David Koechner. I know. don't know what that means. No, I know, I know. Anchorman, right? What's the name? Whammy, whammy. Yeah. So. Now you don't need to. <laughs> um, I just channeled him. Yeah, like, thank you very much, David Kegner, for just coming in. And uh, I really love this scene. It's going to be so hard for me to not just watch it because the whole thing about them getting on this guy for cutting shitty eye holes and him being yeah. like, "Well, my wife did it." It's just yeah, yeah. I, I could go for like more scenes like this in in movies. Just yeah. generally like. It's what I live for in terms of like just these tangents that this isn't adding to the story at all, but it is just yeah. enjoyable cinema. Yeah. I was a little, I, this doesn't mean anything, but I definitely thought that Don Johnson was going to be on their side and be like, yeah, let's not use the mask. That's before I realized this was out of order and that this was already a foregone conclusion. Right. But um, I definitely thought that um, he was just going to, be like, yeah, you guys are right. I can't see in these masks. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of people who didn't show up, so Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Sasha Baron Cohen were supposed to be in this film, right? I guess he just didn't use those characters or something, or like, because um, I, I I know that Sasha Baron Cohen was supposed to be a guy that actually spends the night with Hildy. Yeah, actually, there, I think I think it's in the script another character that is, um, you know, I think Candy was originally supposed to be older, and I think yeah. there was a son. I think he had a son. Oh, okay. Who was like also like kind of in love with Hildy, I believe. And okay, yeah, right, that makes. Yeah, um, but yeah, the fact that they went through like all these actors, Anthony LaPagala was another one who was supposed to be in. Oh, it. he he didn't. Yeah, I'm not sure who he was going to be, but there it seemed like there was like, a lot of production issues. This was uh, it was his longest shoot ever. Um, yeah, and that's like another another thing that I feel like kind of hurt this movie a little bit is that they had he had this like um, Christmas release date. Mm-hmm. Even before they started production, so I just felt like it, it would have benefited from more time in all stages. Like they had production issues, I feel like he could have used a bit more time with the script. I know he made like last minute changes, and then the editing as well. I just felt like if he had a bit more time in all stages, it would be tighter. It'd be better. Um, one thing I thought of was with all these people, not all these people, but I know that I'm pretty sure Kevin Costner st- uh, stated not being able to deal with the. Uh, the language so much right going in one it seems like you're making it really awkward for the person who steps in for you <laughs> two i'm cool with it. F- like john I, johnson's yeah. like I, I say this yeah, every like, day I'm, I'm, I'm right i'm yeah. right there with you yeah. i just feel like it's weird because like he's the uh, how far because like, i feel like he started filming or maybe he didn't start filming but like I definitely thought Kevin Costner was like confirmed. So how do you like go that far without reading the script? Like, would unless he got like one page and was like, "Well, this is going to be rough." But definitely, maybe I can tell from his other films that my swearing and use of the N word will be cut out after this. Yeah, maybe he just signed on based on it being Tarantino. And, like, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I've heard uh, heard Kevin Costner's not like a not like a very nice man. Uh, that is, he, wow. he apparently boats in PEI, which is a very small community. Um, oh, so it's like entitled there. 
Yeah, and just like you know, like they're they're just like very like accepting people, and uh, they like everyone. But apparently, the, as the word goes, it's like, yep, Kevin Costner comes here every now and then. Not a nice man. <laughs> I feel like he's. That's got to be across the board because people don't really like his movies either. They're not really get well. Not him. not recently. Not in recent years. No, he's kind of did, falling out of. Did you like but. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? When I was a kid, I did. Yeah, yeah, there we I go. Loved it. Yeah, I'm not sure how well it holds up. I mean, his probably holds up about as well as his accent does. Yeah, one thing I did not really care for, but overall, I think I enjoyed that film. But like like you said, it might not hold up if I try to watch it again. There's great. You know, what I think it's it's all about it's all about Alan Rickman. I yeah, mean, he, he, he kills, kills it. it. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, Michael Wincott is the cousin. I thought you were gonna say Christian Slater. <laughs> As a kid, I liked that a lot. <laughs> Fuck me, he made it. Yeah, <laughs> with the arrow through his hand and everything. Yeah, that was that was some very uh, engaging filmmaking as a, for me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Once again, I don't know how it holds up. So, do you like this this scene, this whole uh, firelit um, story of a dragon in Broomhilda? Uh, well, it th- definitely sets up the next part of the story. Um, don't Basically, remember. I just want you to say yes. Yes. <laughs> and then we move on with you finishing this movie. Be like, honestly, one of the best movies of 2012. You know, I don't feel like we're really watching it, though. I've been, I've been, I've been like, uh, that's fine. Over it, but yeah. The good thing is, we're not leaving any uh, <laughs> spots of just of the silence. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And cue the silence. Well, here's the thing. I think we're going to keep talking, mm-hmm. and you're going to have such a great time talking about it that, that it'll, you know, so bump it up a couple of points in your estimation. Well, you know, like uh, <clears throat> like I said, I've got a complicated relationship with it. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that... Not uh, what you wanted. Yeah, like, you know, <clears throat> like, <clears throat> I've always loved Tarantino, um, and uh, I felt that Bastards, like, exceeded my expectations. Yeah. And I also, like, love Westerns. I'm a huge Western fan, so, like... Obviously, my expectations were really high for this, and uh, I guess they weren't totally met. But I knew that I was gonna like. I, I'm I'm definitely gonna buy it. I'm probably gonna go buy it tomorrow. Yeah. Um. Then yeah, I'll watch it again soon, probably in the next week or so, and then and then I'll know what my real opinion is on it. I'll be waiting on that opinion. <laughs> yeah. I know, I think you've got a pretty good idea of what you don't like about it, and I can't imagine that changing. But I think I'll be able to trick you into saying that you like it by the. End of this. I do like it. Uh, no, like more than you do. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna make you be like, no, it is a really good movie. Yeah, no problems whatsoever. Yeah, um, do you like it more than Bastards? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I really like Bastards. Yeah. I I don't even know what I like because for the longest time I legitimately liked um, Jackie Brown more than Paul Fiction. Then I moved into liking Paul Fiction more than Jackie Brown. And it's kind of those things I kind of go in. I can't really. On my I can't really pick between his first three at all. I think Dogs, Fiction, and Brown are all. Uh, they're all like just great, like great first three films. Yeah. And like what? What a way to get out of the gate. And his cut of uh, wait, he doesn't like his cut of uh, True Romance, does he? I like uh, his cut of True Romance what do you better mean? than the. Uh, what the, the what he, when he dies at the end? Yeah. Well, if you. <laughs> I guess it's an old enough movie that that doesn't matter. But yeah, well, no, but yeah, the that, spoiler is that he lives. Yeah, no, but he he's uh, so yeah. In his script, you're talking about how like Tony Scott changed the ending and how. But I just I actually when I unfortunately downloaded it, uh, I got his. I so it's not. I don't even because it doesn't even 
look good because they're it's like scenes are taken out of order and like mm-hmm. it's um some of its different film quality and everything but it's like pieced together i guess to re- to go just like the script got, does mm-hmm. and i liked that better than when i saw it really uh as the tony scott film when i actually bought it <laughs> uh, i didn't i didn't know that that existed i didn't realize that there was i think it's like only an internet i know although i do have a true man- romance true romance blu-ray mm-hmm. that says it has the quentin tarantino cut and the tony scott cut well i know so we'll like see. Yeah, I've got that Blu-ray as well, but I haven't looked at it. But I know on the DVD that it was like they did include the alternate ending, and then there's also like uh, like it's just, I think Tarantino introduces it, and uh, apparently he like begged and pleaded with Tony Scott originally like don't change the ending like like yeah. kill Clarence, but then he said that once he saw the film that Tony Scott made, he's like okay in in Tony Scott's film Clarence should live because I think it's like a much more romanticized film yeah. about the love, and yeah like I I don't I wouldn't like I wouldn't want to see Clarence go. I like that he lives. I I guess it's just because it's so it's not so different. It's the same movie but reordered. Mm-hmm. I think the reordering helps. So did Tarantino write it like uh, like as a nonlinear story? Did he? Was the script uh, like there are? I mean, maybe it was just someone did this. I'm like maybe I downloaded like, like a fan version of it. Right. But like I consulted with other friends. Consulted like I'm so important. <laughs> but like I talked to my other friends and they were saying, yeah, that's the version I saw. Hmm. So it must be a pretty prevalent fan version of it if it is a fan version maybe i'll watch this blu-ray and it'll be exactly what i saw for the first time yeah but it is just it's just scenes are in different orders hmm. than the uh, tony scott uh, yeah that's right tony, tony scott, scott version yeah. rest in peace um go out like yeah. a boss yes exactly um but uh i don't know i there's uh, there's a very good argument for the tony scott one being the definitive one and not having mm. the, to muddy the waters with the two versions being out there. Speaking of uh, DVD releases of that, I think that's the only movie that Tarantino does a commentary on. Really? Yeah, he, he's got a commentary So he can't on. possibly not like I don't know where I got the sense that he didn't like it. Yeah, well, he doesn't like Natural Born Killers. Oh, that's definitely what I was thinking of yeah. when I said that. Not yeah. that I thought that was the movie. I just knew there was one movie that he didn't direct but wrote yeah. that he didn't like. Yeah. It's Natural Born Killers. Yeah, I don't think he... Uh, he I didn't appreciate it either, but that's... I love Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> what about Robert Downey Jr. in it? That's like his, like, like his most drugged up performance. It's got to be like one of the most drugged up performances ever on film. I'm a big fan of Robert Downey Jr., so yes, yeah. I enjoyed his aspects of it. Yeah. But as a, as a, I think this just comes from my um, overall lack of love for uh, Oliver Stone. Yeah, I, I like Oliver Stone. Hey, but, I'm a big fan yeah. of Any Given Sunday. Yeah. Um, Jamie Foxx breakthrough performance exactly yeah. um, another role that he got because someone else didn't work out because I'm pretty sure it was Puff Daddy that was supposed to be oh, Willie Beeman that, that would have been awful man. I think the the main quote from that, that production of that film was Oliver Stone saying I'm going to give myself a birthday present and fire Puff Daddy from this film <laughs> but, um, yeah Fox killed it in that movie well he did a great job I didn't mind uh, W even though I thought it was a weird thing to do as a movie because i like w yeah i didn't mind it i was just saying i the way it ends i know people had a weird we're like oh, that's weird it just ends but i was like well there's no defining moment to end it on because he's not done his term yet or anything he didn't die or anything yeah you kind of just have to end it yeah but uh did not like uh alexander i didn't see alexander world trade center was awful didn't like that i forgot that he directed it but i saw it yeah, bad 
Yeah, no, he's definitely like he's 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 past his prime. By the way, sure. a terrible date movie. I don't know what I was thinking. That was not <laughs> a World idea. Trade Center. You went yeah, on that was <laughs> terrible. Yeah, terrible time. Was she she's crying because she's like, "Oh, this is kind of like the work my dad does. This could be him." Oh like, no, I have nothing yeah. comforting to say. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for dates, P.T. Anderson every time. Okay, um, I will take. I don't. I guess I could take a girl to um, the master. You know what? I, I, my bad. <laughs> I, I totally meant Wes Anderson. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wes Anderson. Girls love Wes Anderson. Oh, they certainly do. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Wes Anderson is a much better choice. Yeah. No. Yeah. Depends on who you're dating, I guess. But yeah, I meant I meant Wes. So here was a nice little reading lesson for <laughs> Django. Yeah, he's learning. He's growing. You're right. You know, Django does grow as a character. He's also above the white people in this scene. Oh yeah, way above them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it took me a while to. I really dissected this film like the first three times I saw it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I didn't know how I felt about this scene in particular the first time I saw it. Thought he was going to the dark side a little too much. Also, actually following through on killing that guy in front of his son seemed a little. Jango's cool. a great shot. Oh, they set it up, but yeah. he said, by George, this guy's a natural. Yeah, just never even taught. I wish things were that easy. Yeah. This is an important scene, handing over the... Uh, the bill. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, the bill. <laughs> I love this song. I think this might be the Navajo Joe song oh, is that it? I was thinking of when as he's doing his, like... I could be wrong about this. I think it's from Navajo Joe. Uh, one feature that this DVD does have, actually, is uh, song selection. So you can uh, just watch the scenes based on what song you want to hear, which I always like when that's offered, especially that if you awesome. think a good soundtrack. Yeah. You're right about the whole DVDs looking weird on this, but I will submit that the Blu-rays look weird, too. Hmm. Need to get yourself a new TV. This is almost brand new. Really? I, I it must be a setting. It's a difference of opinion on in terms of what the setting should be in yeah. terms of me and my roommate. Yeah. But I've, uh, I've come across this before, but it is a bit like off-putting. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever get used to it. It yeah. just takes out the magic of film for me. Yeah, I mean it, it looks like uh shots that are on location look like uh green screen almost sometimes. Yeah. There's that and I'm and me always being like I feel like I'm watching the making of footage or like yeah. you know like back in the day when you'd watch et for a glimpse of like what batman returns would look like and they'd mm. show you like just on the set people go around that's what right. this looks like all the time and yeah. i don't appreciate it yeah but i do really like this song hmm. also by the way that is jamie fox's horse he's using mm-hmm. yeah yeah i've heard that yeah um yeah he's a bit of a cowboy in real life i guess it's the texan in him yeah so, um, yeah, I'm just realizing with the music now, though, that it's not really until, like, later in the film that he gets to, like, the more contemporary stuff. Uh, he threw in the, a good old uh, Anthony Hamilton song there when they were showing uh, him and Broomhilda trying to make their escape. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Some people, like, don't like that so much, but it doesn't really... I don't think that it's anything to complain about since it's all non-diegetic music anyways, you know? Like, it's not yeah, like... Yeah, nothing, nothing about this is... Um, yeah, and plus, like, it's no one complained when, uh, you know, Bob Dylan did the music for Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Right? Yeah. Um, I think 
I honestly, in this scene, there's that the thing where the guy's like, oh, we had a birthday. Some good cake. Um, I thought he was going to double cross them or something. This was just another bit of nice uh, everyday business going on here. Not, mm-hmm. Nothing, again, that adds to the script. Kind of like the whole eye hole thing for the KKK. Yeah. I don't, I don't even remember this. this. These subtitles here. <laughs> I think it goes to your whole, this was poor editing, as yeah. he was like, shit, we got to get to Leo. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is what I was talking about. As you as you see him go through the town here in Mississippi, he's a little higher up um, than he was when they initially went to that place that said House Nigger. Uh, some other names apparently rumored for Django were um, Chris Tucker. Yeah, that wasn't going to work. Terrence Howard. I'm glad that didn't happen. Uh, Michael Kenneth Williams. I was... Uh, now that I've seen the movie, I'm glad it didn't happen, but I would have liked it. If he, going into it, I would have liked yeah, it. Yeah, I think he, he could have done it. Um, Tyrese Gibson, who I don't, I had to look that one up. All right, it's all from right. Transformers. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing about Tyrese. Great guy. Actually, this is good that you brought this up. Amber Tamlin's in this film. Yeah. They had a, a, you can look this up. If you Google this Amber Tamlin Tyrese email mm-hmm. mix up. So apparently those two have a friend in common. Mm-hmm. And Amber Tamlin goes by Amber Tamlin Rose or something. So that's Kanye West's ex-girlfriend, the bald head girl, Amber yeah. Rose. And so he saw that and was like, oh, shit, Amber Rose is on an email chain with me. So he starts messaging her being like, we should do a song together. I would love to do a song with you. Yeah. And stri- like from the first email, you can read the whole thing. She put it online and uh, complete with the songs that she sends him. But she straight up was like, I'm not Amber Rose, but I'll do a song with you. <laughs> and I guess he just didn't care about the whole I'm not Amber Rose thing. And she sends him these joke songs. So there's songs like, don't step on my foot in the club. Don't step on <laughs> and like, And it shows how much of a genuine person he is that he was like, Okay, that's not good. Yeah. Like, I would really like to work with you, though. So if you could send me something else or, like, I've got some beats if you want to make. And, like, she just keeps sending him these, like, stupid songs that she's making in Garage Band until he's like, honestly, I'm not even sure you're Amber Rose anymore. She's <laughs> like, I told you I'm not Amber Rose. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, like, sk- sk- skims his emails. Yeah, really but I, I, it's something I've noticed about him constantly. He's always in these stupid situations. But he's also very genuine and earnest in the yeah, yeah. He didn't like, oh, like, oh, girl, that was good or something. He was like, this is bad. Yeah. We need to work on it. Yeah. He just missed the glaring fact that he was talking to the wrong person. Uh, speaking of uh, emails that ended up online, did you did you hear about the um, the girl that uh, Tarantino went home with one night after a party? Who? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, she wrote a long email about it to a couple friends, and it got spread around oh, online. No. It was actually he was at a party. Gonna with, be good. He was at a party with Jamie Fox, and uh, I don't know. I guess he picked up this girl and um, took her home. She said like like um, <clears throat> basically, in, in, so she kind of wrote it out in like a long story that she sent a bunch of friends that leaked, and she was saying like basically the whole time that she like wasn't into him at all, but she was just kind of <laughs> like kind of did it for the story, and uh, was the whole time like wondering like how how she was like going to get out of having sex with him after she went home she's like oh this is awful how, how am i going to like not have sex with quentin tarantino oh. but apparently he just wanted to suck on her toes and masturbate he loves feet <laughs> he loves the feet he loves feet that's the story and i'm so glad that someone has put it out yeah. there for no one to argue with that this guy just likes feet. yeah and he um they talked about it on howard stern um and uh he was pretty pissed off about it obviously but he didn't oh, de- yeah. he didn't deny it though 
he can't deny it. There's so there's. I feel like there's always. This, I don't know about this movie, but I feel like there's always a, a shot in his no, movie. For yeah, feet. I think in the opening scene with the slaves, I think there was a shot. Oh yeah, feet, well, yeah. I, I, I guess in the chain gang, women. Feet. Yeah, she was in the last in particular. <laughs> this girl right here who said Aunt Tra is. Uh, I guess I talked over, but she's from the last season of Weeds, and I was just like, which isn't good. But <laughs> the point is, I saw her and I was like, oh, she's good looking. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see her in more things. Luckily, she was in Django. Yeah, there you go. I guess this is nonlinear. True. Yeah, yeah. Also, important, this is where he states that um, house nigger is one of the worst things you could be. Mm. He does say being that, like, one-eyed gym or whatever is worse. But for all intents and purposes, it's pretty clear in the black community <laughs> being a house nigger is the one of the worst things you could be. Yeah. I've seen movies where black people call other black people that, and they don't like it. Oh, yeah. What? You, it's... If you're ever <laughs> you called just, that, you it's, should, it's, someone thinks very low of you. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, you know, call them. The, you know, you call each other the N word is fine, but you put house in front of it. It's like, oh man, don't put house in front of it. Yeah. I, here's <laughs> my thing with the the N word. I I think swearing is funny. I consider the N word a swear word. If you if you're using it, just know that you're offending people. Yeah. It shouldn't be used as a term of endearment. Yeah, it should be the same as if you said "motherfucker" to someone. I mean, there's a lot of historic and racial tension behind it. Yeah, but if you want to live in this world where uh, everyone calls each other "nigga" and stuff like that, just know you're being offensive. Yeah. Um. So it's just an arbitrary thing here. I mean, I guess this is where they want to keep that historic and racial thing about the right. house in front of the N word. Yeah, like, yeah. I just think. If, I wish I remember. Uh, where I heard this recently, but it's just kind of a funny little anecdote where they're saying like the, so you know how there's no like actual offensive ra- racial slur for the white people, you know, there's like cracker or whatever, yeah, yeah, you know, nothing really offensive. The most offensive thing you can call a white person is racist. Yes. I agree with that wholeheartedly. That, that, that's what will offend them the most. I, I, time and time again, that has proven true to me. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this was the other scene I was talking about and not the final one, but this scene was pretty intense for me. The Mandingo fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, this is probably this could be possibly the most violent scene in the whole movie, really. Yeah, the most because I guess they show the most in there. Yeah, it's and it's just like hand to hand, like forced brutality. What did you think of Leonardo DiCaprio in this? I, I liked him; he's good. Because I, I really liked him in this. Yeah, but I had a friend that was like, "This guy's flat," and I think he's anything but flat in it. Yeah, no, not at all. He might be a little uneven. So here's another double. Bill for this guy. I can't remember what his name is. Yeah, yeah, I read that online today, actually. Um, There's a couple of people that have multiple roles in it, because I feel like he's always got that Michael Parks guy. as. Yeah. Uh, well, Parks has two roles in Kill Bill. Yeah. And he shows up in this, too. Oh. Was that his first N-bomb right there? Little Leo, keep fighting niggas. He really leans into them in this movie. Um, I'm going to look up that guy's name. Just a second. There's uh, the original. Oh, wait, no. Oh, he's coming. Yeah, oh, he's Franco Nero. If they didn't say that in the trailers, like, oh, the James Rimar, Rimar, I don't know how to pronounce it, R-E-M-A-R, from Dexter, gets two roles in this movie. He was a spec brother, and now he gets to play the uh, sidekick well, for Candy. Well, yeah, he gets to um, get killed by Schultz and then kill Schultz. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so here the original Django right there. Mm-hmm. He's aged pretty well. Definitely. Yeah. Cuz he wasn't that young in the original Django. 
I guess he must know English, but it is funny to think that they just got him to show up and got him to yell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't I, this is a, this was a little much for me, especially since it was Tarantino and I didn't know where it was going. Ever since Tarantino made uh, Uma Thurman step on uh that eyeball, the eyeball, yeah. I was like all bets are off with this guy. I don't know where he's going to take it. Yeah. And I'm not sure I like that uncertainty at all. Yeah. It's kind of exciting, though. It kind of makes it exciting to watch the movies where you... Oh, yeah. I'm you know, definitely... I've had my eyes glued to the screen during this scene, but... Good use of sound there. Yeah. Yeah. All, all sorts of disgusting stuff going on. Yeah. What I really like about... Um, so I was no, called the Hans Landit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I really liked about King Schultz in this, which sets him apart from, uh, you already said he's more benevolent, but it's a lot more obvious in this film, like the, the little things that bother him about Candy, like his clear um, glee in seeing these two men uh, fight. He doesn't like that at all. Yeah. There's another big scene coming up that really uh, defines his hatred for uh, Candy. Yeah. And it did look like he didn't like them in chains at the beginning. He kind of takes pause as he undoes the chains and yeah. makes a comment. Yeah. That's the guy from Murphy Brown, right? Did you ever watch that show? Oh, 90s? I loved Murphy Brown. <laughs> yeah. Is it? I know he's from Deadwood, but I can't remember if he's from... He probably is. I'm going to look it up right now. Um, so this was a nice little fan service thing here. Mm-hmm. When he's like, D-Solid. And he's like, I know. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> I work at a I work at a video store one day a week, and uh, sometimes you get some people there that that don't really know anything about movies and or, <laughs> or or anything. Sometimes it seems. Remember trying to when this first came out in theaters, um, this guy brought up the original Django and was just like he couldn't. I was trying to explain to him how you know it's not a remake. It's just like he just didn't really get this whole thing. Like and he kept asking about the new one, and he was like, "So it's supposed to be a western." I said it, it is a western. It's went on for like five minutes. He's like, okay, but it's, it's it's a remake. It's like no, it's not a remake. Well, what's different about it? Everything's different about it. Well, he just like didn't want to get on board with the fact that no. they're just using the name and it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be. Yeah, some people had a hard time wrapping their heads around that one. So the guy we're talking about, by the way, uh, who's pretty high build in this, is Dennis. Oh, come on, give me a break here. Um, Dennis Christopher. Um, at the moment, I, he's in Chariots of Fire. If that means anything oh, yeah, to you, yeah. um, Breaking Away. Um, was he in? Was he in it? The made-for-TV movie based on Stephen King's up. book. I, I think he was. I'm gonna look that up right now. When I was mean, Murphy Brown? I don't know I might be mistaken about Murphy Brown, but I, I'm pretty confident about it. This is early '90s for he's both in of them. Sequest that means anything to anyone. Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Um, Murder, she wrote. Yes, he's definitely in it. Yeah. As Eddie. The Virgin. Who, when I saw that movie, I did not know what that meant. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know when it was, when it dawned on me what Virgin meant. But, um. It sounded celestial to me. Really? Oh, <laughs> you were like, wow, other world, world. 
Yeah, I don't see Murphy Brown, but you yeah, got it right. Guys wrong about that. And yeah. we found out that he was in Chariots of Fire. Da, 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 da. Right? Exactly. One of the only things I remember, other than the running, that's the, that song and the running yeah. is all I remember about that Same movie. Here. I didn't even realize it was about like perseverance and like sticking to your guns about your religious beliefs and whatnot. Me neither. I was also like four when I watched it. I don't know. <laughs> um, this drink that he makes really interests me, and I'd like for them to tell me what the ingredients are because I'm assuming that's a mint he's using in it. Hmm, I don't know. Let me take a look. So they got here. They arrived at Candyland. What do you think? Ten minutes ago. It's about an hour they're in. They're not technically at Candyland. Oh yeah, yet. they're not. They're yeah, about, right. they're trying to get an invite yeah. actually. So they introduced Candy about an hour in. I'm just trying to like break down the structure a little bit of this movie because it's, it's pretty odd. That the first hour is you know freeing Django and him kind of becoming a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. And they're meeting Candy, and then they f- find out about Hildy about I don't know 45, 50 minutes in. And that's kind of propelled the rest of the story. Introduce Candy. Yeah. But um, Candy goes down at about two hours in. So it's still like a, that's something that, that's yeah. when, that's when, and that's when most people like kind of would expect the movie to be, to kind of wrap up. But then there's the extra like 45 well, there's minutes. No, yeah. There's another, uh, yeah. Um, three quarters of an hour to go. Uh, what can I say? It is an odd choice. Mm hmm. Probably a direct result of not having that person there that usually gets yeah. them to edit it. And I think I think it was also last minute script changes too. Yeah, he also might have felt I would like to be in this movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> that that threw me off too when he showed up with that bad Australian accent. But we'll it talk is, about that yeah. when when he gets there. Can I? Okay, here's we've all seen this movie. So this whole song and dance are doing. I don't get why it angers. Leonardo DiCaprio so much. I get that they tricked him, but ultimately he ends up with the same amount of money. It's not even like he tried to jerk them for more money. He True. gets the same amount of money. He doesn't really care about Hildy that much. It's see, it, I don't. I guess I'm nitpicking at something that like. I don't, can we get the? Uh, want to get the subtitles going on here so we can maybe follow along oh, okay. yeah, a little yeah. bit? Obviously, we abandoned the idea of following along in the actual script because it's just too much to look at at the same time. Is this Um. Yeah, yeah. I do remember this whole the whole bidding part, uh, kind of seeming unnecessary. Like, uh, you know, they could have, you know, if they if they wanted to pay this much for Hildy up front, like they could have just like straight up bought her. I don't, I don't understand the the kind of the point of the whole ruse. Um, you know, they I got guess he explained it like if he just flat out asked for it, they might be like, no, I don't need to sell that. But charming him like this got him to, got them to the point where he could get it. I just feel like it doesn't stop um, Candy from getting what he wants, which is more money. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'll see when we watch it, but it did strike me as odd that he got so upset about it. This is one of my favorite scenes, by the way. And it is the introduction of uh, Walton Goggins mm-hmm. from uh, Justified. This is another just out-of-nowhere scene. Mm-hmm. But no, I think that uh, DiCaprio definitely does a really good job in this. And it's... Uh, it's the first time in like I don't know since before Titanic that he's taken a supporting role in anything that's not top build. Yeah, it's been like over over fifteen years. Wait, he didn't get top. Was it Kate? Was it a, some the old lady that got top um, in Titanic? 
I don't like. Uh, I don't know if you got top billing in or that, Bill but Paxton. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's like ever since. The, like, no, yeah. well, no. It definitely, if it if it wasn't him, it would have been Kate Winslet. Um, I would like for it to be Bill Paxton. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was Bill Paxton. Actually, no, I think <laughs> Billy Zane. I think Billy Zane was top nice. billed in Titanic. Yeah, or Kathy Bates. We can go <laughs> through the whole list. <laughs> uh, Kathy Bates is pretty. Kathy Bates as the Titanic. Yes. I'm pretty sure that was her original title, and she got her agent to fix things up. Yeah. We'll give Kathy top billing, but we're going to put as. Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> Is she cool with that? See Kathy that? Bates, if you're out there, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take it back. Kathy does listen, but to only every other uh-huh. podcast, so you're safe on this one. Okay, good. I might you know, tweet it at her. We, me and her are very good. She tweets friends. a lot. Yeah, really? No, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> kidding. There we go, Walton Goggins. Um, his mustache makes him seem like he's from a different era, but I don't mind. Who? Um, uh, James Roman. I'm gonna just call him Dexter's dad from now on. <laughs> and he was in Warriors. Those are the two things that he will stick out in my mind about that guy every time oh. I see him. Yeah, I've never seen Warriors. I gotta get on that. It's pretty good. Now we get to into some Rick Ross music. Right. Um, who recently got dropped by Reebok for right. his outlandish lyrics. Hmm. But most importantly, he's in a Oscar-nominated film. If you want to learn some more about uh, how Rick Ross got involved in the uh, in, in the soundtrack, then oh yeah, you should just Google uh, Quentin Tarantino on BET on one hundred six and four. By the way, so we watch, I watched it and you told me to watch it. There's four people interviewing four people. Yeah. I don't what was the, I mean, you don't know the answer, but <laughs> that is I like the shot, the the music and just the the horses trotting along. Yeah. It's I I know people don't like that he used uh modern music in this movie, but I think it works in this scene. It's just it's pretty cool. Like you got like it, it takes you out of it a little bit, but at the same time like it's like man, this is fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and in the video that we were talking about earlier, they explain how the lyrics came to be. Actually, so mm-hmm. it's it's a worthwhile thing if you can sit through some pretty awkward <laughs> this yeah. this scene right here. Him asking if he wants a foot up his ass. Everything about this, I really like this. Awesome, just mm-hmm. awesome, Jamie Foxx delivery. Reminds me of yeah, when he was in Jarhead, and he had that kind of like abrasive tone. I, yeah, I even forgot he was in that. That was a pretty good movie, except that it was it. like the Full Metal Jacket too. Um, one thing I'll say about Full Metal Jacket: really enjoyed it until after they were done training. Like, oh, it's the first half. Yeah, I, I'm so up for that training. All the training they do, awesome. Yeah. Once they leave that, I'm I kind of I'm in and out. <laughs> yeah, definitely the stronger half of the film, but I enjoy the whole thing. Um, you don't like the uh, the scene with the Vietnamese prostitute? Well, <laughs> as much as any two live crew fan loves that scene, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, 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 I also, I don't have an also. I just <laughs> didn't like it as much. I maybe I should rewatch it, mm-hmm. but I think I watched it at a mature enough age mm-hmm. that I could be like, ah, not a fan of the second half. Mm. Overall, still a good film. There's no denying that. Yeah. Um. So apart from Mankey, do you know which other longtime collaborator 
did not uh, Return. make this film with him. Who was that? Lauren, oh. Lawrence Bender. Do you know that? Yeah, he didn't produce this. So what is th- what is this? This is like Quentin like working with nobody in his era then. Apparently, I mean, like I think that <coughs> I think it suffers a bit because of that too. Uh, there's rumors like um, that there was some sort of falling out with him and Bender over Bastards. I guess we'll uh, see if they make their next movie together. I would uh, like for that to happen. Yeah, the quote that um, so yeah, that neither of them have really spoken about it. The only quote uh, I could find from Lawrence Bender was just uh, that. Tarantino had uh, decided that he wanted to see what it would be like to work with someone else, <laughs> which is like pretty tough to say to like a long-term time friend and collaborator, you know. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I don't know. This is all making me feel awkward about stating how much <laughs> how much I like Quentin Tarantino in this film. I know yeah. I'm I, I stand by this film. I, I thoroughly well, enjoy it, and I will concede that it might be because I'm black and I like the I appreciate the effort put into uh, telling a story like this. Yeah. Oh, so we're about to get into a pretty interesting scene here. Just the dog scene. Oh, this is <laughs> the dogs barking nearby. <laughs> well, here's here's uh, folks. I hope you're still with us because here's where you get the added value of this of this commentary here. Well, admittedly, neither Daniel nor I had anything to do with um, the making of this film. Unfortunately, other than Quentin knowing that he had to like impress us, and and that he had to finish his western before I finished mine, yeah, uh, so that people wouldn't accuse him. That of we put a, we put a yeah. clock on this, through. yeah. Um, so here's Addo Ascendo, uh, who is um, on the show Copper, that uh, my brother is also on, and had the biggest laugh for me in the uh, ill thought out movie Get Him to the Greek when he says, "Look, man, I just do the African smile and hit the drums." That was him? That was a great scene. I didn't even know that was him. Oh, it was so good. That's hilarious. Wow. That's Yeah, that's really funny. Um, But anyways, I was able to get him uh, on the phone today uh, because I told him we were doing this podcast, and um, I asked him if there was anything... Uh, anything that he would want to add or any any anecdotes or quotes about shooting this, and um, gave me two, two nice little tiny tidbits here. One is that uh, his safety word while filming was uh, pickle, (laughs) which I was kicking myself right after I got off the phone with him. I was like, why didn't I ask why or why pickle or who came up with pickle? Um, Yeah. So uh, I thought that was kind of funny. So what, okay, did he explain to you if there was like, if he had to be around the dogs or anything like that? No, like it was like a very brief conversation. Um, I, I met I've met him in person before, though. Really nice guy. He's really tall. He's also a really talented musician as well. Um, but yeah, does he play the drums? Uh, probably. He played guitar when I saw him. Okay. He played some Hendrix and some Black Keys. It was pretty cool. I'm a big fan of both of those artists. Yeah. Um, the other, the only other little tidbit he told me today in our brief conversation was that uh, he said one of the directions when Tarantino kept giving him was to scream louder. <laughs> and uh, just scream louder. And, and apparently, he said to Quentin, "For you, I'll go out like a bitch anytime." Nice. And nice. Uh, yeah, Tarantino liked that. I guess gave him a good laugh. Um, one of my, I do like this exchange between uh, Candy because if you had any misgivings about whether or not he was a bad person, yeah, yeah, he lets her lose here. You know, I don't paid five hundred dollars for you, and he expects five fights out of a nigga. If you, five, who's gonna reimburse me? You gonna reimburse me? <laughs> How did you uh, put it together that it was him and get him to the Greek? Did you just recognize him, or did you look him uh, up? 
<laughs> me and my cousin Ryan have just been a fan of him ever since that line. Yeah. Um, Eric is a big fan of Get Him to the Geek as well. Yeah, it's a um, funny movie. <laughs> uh, no, just that line caught us off as a, as a pretty insightful line. Yeah. And um, I guess, uh, actually, it might have even been that Ryan was in scenes with him in Copper. Yeah. And was just like, yeah, the guy from Get Him to the Greek. And I guess he introduced it as, and he's doing a Tarantino film. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it wasn't my keen eye necessarily. Getting the though, actually, pretty good performance by Puff Daddy. We were knocking his acting skills earlier, but I, I did enjoy him. In, oh, in, I just in, think he's in, like a bad person to be around in yeah. general. Not necessarily. I, I mean, I, I, I would have to rewatch it, but I enjoyed his turn in Made. I enjoyed his turn oh, in yeah. Uh, yeah. Get Him to the Greek. Did mm-hmm. not like him in the Carlitos Way prequel, though. What so. about um, Monsters Ball? What do you have, like five minutes in that movie? Yeah. Uh, not a fan of the movie overall, so I don't have a problem saying he was bad in it. Yeah. Calling someone a piccanini, I don't know. Is that offensive? Piccanini? I don't know. I'll, or I'll call like a few people that and find out. Yeah, you <laughs> see, see, see how they You're react. much braver than I am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the piccanini thing. Um... I really like um, when uh, Candy gets in his face um, while the dog. <laughs> if you are watching this for the first time, you're not making the right choice. But yeah. since you know what's happening. Odd choice. As, as, the, um, as the dogs attack him, I really liked um, their little exchange about whole, the whole, like, maybe he's, I'm just I'm a little more used to Americans than he is. Yeah. Oh boy! I, w- I wish that Leonardo DiCaprio was as good a friend as Kathy Bates is to me, so that I could ask him about his time on this set. Yeah, well, he's he's said in several interviews that the first day was tough. Then he got used to it, I guess. <laughs> like I said, it's just an awkward thing for anyone who decided to commit to this, given that even the terrible Kevin Costner decided it was too much for. Him. Yeah. Well, you know what? I guess like if all, if if you've got as much clout as someone like like DiCaprio, it's like you can almost do no wrong. Yeah, you know, and he didn't do wrong here. Yeah. This this woman holding the axe here is Zoe Bell, someone I think is great in um, Death Proof. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, was Uma Thurman's stunt woman in yeah. Kill Bill. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure she was uh, Lucy Wallace's stunt stunt double in Xena. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Um, interesting. I guess just like Amber Tamblyn, interesting choice to have her just not say anything in this film i didn't even realize it was her in this but uh, i mean she's not really she's a stunt person before she's an actress right yeah but does she do any stunts in this <sighs> she must do her own stunt when she gets shot i don't know falls it's a big one falling into that yeah just a little more used to americans that's amazing what I was w- hoping a payoff would come from was uh, someone speaking French to Leonardo DiCaprio and having him get pissed off. I know when they when they go to that like Cleopatra Club or whatever, mm-hmm. and someone's like, "Oh, don't actually speak French to him." He doesn't. Yeah, know. Yeah. I was hoping that would pay off later. And someone, someone would do it. Yeah. Like I thought that's how like uh, King Schultz would get him like in the end, like right before shoots him, like says like something in French. I almost said adieu, which isn't French at all. <laughs> <laughs> but um. This, oh yeah, we're about to see the Samuel Jackson character now, which is mm-hmm. good. Um, I think this song is called Nicaragua. 
and it's either this song or the song that I was talking about when they're doing shooting practice. That's from Navajo Joe, and I just thoroughly enjoy this song. Both songs, to be exact. I think actually my favorite song in the whole soundtrack, though, is probably the John Legend one. Yeah. Oh, it is a strong song, to be sure. Yeah. To uh, open the floodgates for other people to uh, send in their music, as Quentin says in that 106 in Park. Yeah. Um, speaking of people on 106 on Park that shouldn't be on 106 Park, did you? I'm assuming you didn't, but uh, Harrison Ford was just on 106 on Park pushing 42, which to me meant clearly they need a hit because mm-hmm. <laughs> he does not need to be on 106 Park. Is, is, is that what he called uh, Christina Applega- Applegate, that applesauce girl? I did not listen to the <laughs> interview. Yeah. I took a picture of it and tweeted it out and then was like, well, that's yeah. my contribution. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a recent interview, 442, but he was talking about uh, filming Anchorman, too. And he oh, was yeah, like, he, he was like, oh, and what's his name? And uh, that applesauce girl. <laughs> that sucks for her. <laughs> well, at least she can say she was in a movie with Harrison Ford, I guess. I guess. Whatever, she did 10 seasons of Married with Children with uh, someone way cooler with him. Yeah, Ed O'Neill. <laughs> yeah, I really dig Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill's amazing. Um so weird all right one of my favorite characters in the film and for my money the true here's uh, the main villain of the film here's the house racist yeah he is okay. <laughs> the house racist word he even gets introduced after leonardo DiCaprio. i feel like that also must say something about him true yeah power. yeah that's a good point yeah if we're going by video game logic mm-hmm. he's the final boss he's the boss he's the final boss yeah I will say something though. I feel like they made Samuel Jackson a little darker for this film. He's got a lot of makeup on, so yeah, probably. Yeah, just in case you had any doubts about whether or not he was a bad guy, he's definitely blacker than the rest of them. Um, but uh, that's a mean stare there. Good. For, this guy is matching him with the mean stares. That guy looks familiar. Do you know who he is? I have no idea who he is. Yeah. I can't even look him up on IMDb because what am I going to look yeah, for? Like slave number seven? Yeah. I, I don't even know. He does look familiar, though. I'm mm. sure we'll see him in other stuff for sure now. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we're going to start to see what I mean about um, Samuel Jackson being the real uh, lead in, in terms of even bossing can- Candy around. What is it there? Calvin. That's his first name. Um, when they're doing these sub- subtitles, who do you, like, hmm. it just seems weird that, because you, you're doing this one, you'd have to write out nigger a lot. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch they'd of They'd probably, like, put a, like a fast key for it, and they'd yeah. probably, like, make a shortcut for it. You definitely would be desensitized to it after doing something like this. Yeah. They got, They um, put, I they asked you on the subtitles instead of I asked you. He got Michael uh, Richards to do it. Oh wow, he he's and we should all forgive him because. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm gonna say it this one time just to quote my, probably my favorite line from uh, from Funny People. Do you, do, okay. you know, do you know the line? No, I, I'm no. Kramer. Kramer gets a pass from me because he's my nigga. Yeah, RZA <laughs> voicing the opinion of many. Uh, <laughs> Here's the thing, I didn't like. Uh, Michael Richards because of the movie Problem Child. Yeah. Something about the scene where he has 
they imply it, or at least if you're old enough, you know what he's doing with the woman. But he has sex on top of John Ritter's body with John Ritter's wife. And even as I don't know how old I was, four or five, mm. even as a four or five year old, I was like, that is vile. The, that man is pure evil. You should not trust this guy. No. And like, it complete acting completely went out the window at that point. I was like, how dare he? No, yeah. I think he's a horrible person. So you always saw Kramer as that guy? That yeah, guy? I really did. Yeah. I really did. I'm. I, I was saw him as the as the caretaker from UHF. Did you ever see that? No, I did not. <laughs> um, but I feel like everyone's lucky if that if their first encounter with him wasn't as the uh, bad guy. And I I saw a Problem Child, but I don't remember that part to be honest. It didn't scar me the same way it scarred you. I oh, guess it scarred me so bad. I I just I know it's supposed to be funny, but I was just like I, I don't agree <laughs> with funny. his having sex with someone. On their husband's body. <laughs> was he passed out? Yeah, he. they knock him out because I guess he's going to rob him. And then the, w- yeah. the wife gets turned on and they start making out oh, and then yeah. they drop to the ground. And I feel like obviously if you drop to the ground in movies, you're going to have sex. Like, yeah. There's no need to drop to the ground otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> she was in Kill Bill 2, but people are really happy she's in this. I only know her from Kill Bill 2, though. This, let me see if I can look up her name. But back to... Uh Funny people, yes, which is what this is really all about. <laughs> funny people, uh, um, in the most roundabout way possible. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> no, uh, I feel that uh, this movie suffers from some of the same problems that that's a pretty good that, analog that Apatow um, his movies do. Whereas when these directors get a lot of success, they get like almost too much control. You know, they there's not there's no one around to say no. If it, when it's like the writer, director, producer who's made a bunch of hits. Mm-hmm. The worst, the, the worst case example, or I guess best case example, would be Lucas with the, the Star Wars prequels, <laughs> right? There's yeah. just too much power, no one to say no. And it's like, yeah, I feel like without, um, on this on this film, without Mankey and without Bender and just having like so many hits under his belt and he just kind of like was able to do whatever he want, wanted, as long as the one thing that he had to do was meet a release date. Right. So like, I don't know, I just feel like the film suffers for that. And like in the yeah, same with Apatow. You know, he makes two and a half hour comedies, which they're, they're just too long. They're too self indulgent. Okay, he's what I liked about um, Funny People is that it works as like a modern day uh, Great Gatsby, in the sense of uh, Adam Sandler obviously being the Gatsby character. Mm-hmm. I don't ever remember the other character's name, who's clearly the main character. But he's Smyra. Yes, yeah, Smyra. No, but I mean like in Great Gatsby, I don't remember what oh, his name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like. I guess putting on this show to win back the true love of his life, and that ends pretty much the same. Well, mm-hmm. one of them survives, one of them doesn't. But like, mm-hmm. but um, I I like I I guess I like stuff like that. And yes, it is very long. Yeah, and um, I I, I do like I like funny people as well. Like not nearly as much as his first two movies. Oh, knocked up. Yeah. I think is actually I don't know maybe forty year old virgin is better than knocked up. I can't remember, but I do. They're good companion like, pieces. Um, wasn't a big fan of This Is Forty. As you can see, it's the one Apatow film I don't own on my <laughs> show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll see. Maybe I'll warm up to it later. Um, so in the interest of people not being pissed off, I will point out that you can pause the movie now. We're like an hour and a half into the film. Mm-hmm. We're gonna pause for a bit, and uh, I think it'll work out for everyone. <laughs> so just take a little take break. A break. as soft guitar music plays. 
Yeah, it's a bit of a contrasting choice. Have you heard ever heard uh, Tarantino say that uh, he feels like, or he, he mentioned that Django and uh, Hildy are like the great grandparents of oh, John Shaft. Shaft? Yeah, <laughs> which is funny because Samuel Jackson played Shaft in a very underrated John Singleton movie. Um, with the first time I ever saw Christian Bale or Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, two well, amazing actors. That they they make that movie. I de- I definitely like was familiar with Christian Bale at the time, but uh not Jeffrey Wright. I guess Empire of the Sun or that, yeah. that's the Steven Spielberg movie. Or yeah, well and oh, no, he did he did American Psycho before that. American Psycho oh, was before Shaft, I'm pretty sure. Probably. Or maybe I guess it, we, that's something I could definitely look yeah. up. But um uh, you might be right about that. It's just I guess because I watched Shaft in theaters. Yeah. For obvious reasons, and watched American <laughs> Psycho later. Yeah, um, but no, yeah, those two make that movie. They're great. And, yeah. um, supporting cast in general, and even even Samuel Jackson plays Shaft pretty well. But yeah. yeah, that's a cool movie. Like people like kind a lot of people didn't see it, or they're surprised when I tell them how much I like I it. I feel like Mackay Pfeiffer is even in it. Yeah, he's the victim. Yeah, he's the one that sets it all into motion. Yeah. Um. By the way, the obvious reason was I'm a big Buster Rhymes fan, and I couldn't wait to see Buster Rhymes oh, in it. Obviously, yeah. Um, Tony Collette's in that movie. Yeah, Holy she's man. the girl that witnesses it. Really, I am yeah. bad with faces. She was like, uh, yeah. "This is the original song. This is uh, Navajo Joe." The no, no. This is the original. This is the song that Ennio Oh Ennio Morricone composed for. Yeah. Him. Um. So obviously, hopefully, you're actually watching the movie when I say that because this won't be showing up on the actual audio of this podcast. Yeah, this is a commentary, guys. Follow along. Yeah, keep, keep, keep up with us. All right. But um, oh shit, the girl from the wires in Shaft. Um, I feel like her name was Kima or something like that. She's like yeah, the lesbian. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That's the best way to put. It. Well, yeah, they call her Kima Griggs, but Shakima. Um, this is the scene that I always not the scene that's coming up. That this ever since they started this original song is the part mm-hmm. uh, like I wish this was cut out. Mm-hmm. It's just stuff I don't care about. But I know he likes the long like tracking shots and stuff. Yeah, something I only was aware of from in Kill Bill when she like goes from like. The bathroom back or something like that. There's, I guess, there's right. a couple of shuttles that go back and forth. Yeah, um, yeah. And he, when he moves to the high angle, like looking down. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Um, but yeah, Kerry Washington speaking German. Do you uh, do you watch Scandal? Because I no. certainly do not. But like, no, I don't even know what it is. It's just a show with Kerry Washington as the mm. lead. I think she's like, she's. And by the way, I'm going to say this right ahead of time. I don't watch it, so I don't know what it's about. I assume she tries to keep like the president's secrets from over there or something. I don't That's know. a full time job. Yeah. And um, anyway, I want. I guess basically what I was getting at is I wonder if she speaks German in Scandal or something like that. It seems like mm. learning she? German for this scene would make you w- w- eager to use it again in other things. Yeah. Or maybe you just would use it in your regular life and not have to. She probably just learned the, just the lines in German. No, I guess yeah. She didn't, <laughs> she didn't have to learn the entire language, I don't think. So she obviously doesn't work the way I do. <laughs> I always relearn the uh, English language anytime I do anything on film. So, do you know of any other ways? Well, obviously, Shaft is not made by Quentin Tarantino, but he, a lot of his films uh, interconnect. I do know that they're saying that um, 
Inglorious Bastards kind of like sets up all is in the same diegesis because it's like yeah. the that violence permeates into all the other films in terms of how violent like mm-hmm. people act in his movies. Yeah. Um, and I know that what there's like the Vega brothers. Uh like John Travolta and oh Michael yeah. Madsen. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can go on. There's there's a ton. But um yeah, I don't think there's very many in this movie. Some people say that uh the Michael Parks character could be like uh an ancestor of the the um sheriff that he's played in a few movies that he showed up oh, in, okay. in in Kill Bill and in uh from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, Dust Till Dawn is what I was saying. I call it the Q universe. Nice. I'm gonna use that, and I'm get, man. I'm gonna keep bringing up the whole yeah. uh, the dentist versus candy. Yeah, you can you can take credit for that if you want, and then people but I definitely will not. That is all you. I think that's amazing. Yeah. You should be proud of it. I, I'm a little bit proud of that. Yeah, I'm a little bit proud of that. The universe and dentist versus candy. <laughs> um, but no, well, but yeah. Back to bastards, though, setting up stuff. First of all, one of my favorite bits is that apparently, like uh, the the bear Jew. It's got the same name as the the producer in um, oh. True Romance. He's, he's Lee Donowitz. He's like so. He's Lee Donowitz's dad or grandfather. Yeah, I think it's grandfather. Um, yeah, and also just the fact that uh, basically like they win the war in a movie theater kind of it explains why there's such an emphasis among Tarantino's characters on film and pop culture because like yeah, yeah the Americans won the war in a movie theater. That makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. I'm I'm feeling now I want to watch. Glorious Bastards. <laughs> yeah, I think um, that, that I think that one would actually be a bit harder to talk over because there's no. Yeah, I would definitely want to just watch. <laughs> and and there's like like just so many long dialogue scenes where I just feel like we'd run out of things to say. How, then again, it's not like we've been talking that much about what's directly happening on screen. I don't mind that. People yeah. don't really need us to do an actual running commentary. We just yeah. we're having a nice conversation. Yeah, I wasn't there when they filmed this scene. I can just say that every scene. Huh? I wasn't there that day. So um, I, I can't really give you any behind-the-scenes <laughs> tidbits. Um, I wasn't there that day. Um, I did, however, read the internet today. I love reading the internet. <laughs> yeah, I read, I read some internet today. Um, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was that. That was it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So here we go. Lovers reunited. Yeah. The scene always got a big laugh. You know, I never got why everyone thought this was not funny. I don't know, but I just felt like one of those one of the, the filmmakers there. That's they always they say stuff like that. You know, the scene always gets a big laugh. I, if, that's kind of why I wanted to do this podcast yeah. in general is to sound like a film. Sound like I actually made it. I've definitely listened to enough commentaries. Yeah. And this, you know, on this day, Carrie was saying, "Look, I don't have it in me," and I put her hair up like that. Mm-hmm. Much better performance. She, this could have been found a different. It. <laughs> yeah, she she did, yeah, she made it connect. It's a bit German too, right? The yeah, but oh, I think of Lady of Rage. I rock hard and stuff with my Afro puff. Why don't you YouTube that song? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm sure there's some kind of German influence. It's like she peed herself, but <laughs> not really. It's a good insight. Yeah, <laughs> and um, oh, what did I want to say about? Samuel L. Jackson is it's not looking well these days. He's aging. Showing, yeah, this is know. this is just behind the scenes footage. Yeah, this is it's just one of those weird things that Quentin does where he just likes to catch these yeah. um, real life moments. And there we go. This is now Sammy knows he's on screen. Yeah, that was just a bad cut there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I say you really miss Mickey. You know, you got the actors walking off off stage. You're so right about this. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Editing just way off. Mm-hmm. Um. 
By the way, I looked up that woman who plays Candy's sister. She's in uh, Enemy of the State, another film that I think is great, and I don't know why more people don't talk about on a regular basis. I've always felt that uh, that uh, in that movie, Jack Black gets too much screen time. No, no, I love the supporting <laughs> cast. Generally, a lot of good like yeah, young actors showing up in that. But uh, no, that <clears throat> Gene Hackman's character, I feel like, is uh, an aged version of his character in the conversation. Okay. Have you ever seen the conversation? The I've seen. I, I know of it. Yeah. I haven't seen the whole thing. I've seen well, bits and pieces, like out of context yeah. things on the internet. Well, he does. Stuff. He's got like the same job. He's like, uh, and um, I'm sure it was intentional. I'm sure, like yeah. uh, in the casting. So it's almost like a pseudo sequel. Enemy of the State's almost like a sequel to the conversation. And now I'm gonna watch the conversation. What I wanted to know is, do you think that Will Smith got along with Jane Hackman? It seems like they have two different sensibilities. Or maybe Will Smith would just defer to. I don't really uh, know what Gene I don't really know what to make of Will Smith uh, these days. You know, at all these days. You know, I used to love him growing up. Yeah, when he was I'm, in Bel Air chilling with his aunt and uncle, I, I, he was a much better. I wrote person. him. I wrote him a letter about how he made me look forward to Mondays. Actually, uh, when I was a kid, yeah, you know, from those Teen Beat magazines. I wish I did things like that. <laughs> Writing letters. That's, I think that's the only time I ever did that. The only I think Will Smith is the only celebrity I ever wrote to. That being said, I don't think I've seen his last. Six or seven movies, probably. So you didn't see uh, Pursuit of Happiness? No, nope. didn't see Seven Pounds. Didn't see I Am Legend. Do you know? Didn't see Hitch. Do you know seven? what Seven Pounds is about? Um, I forget, no. You want me to tell you what it's about? Sure. No, like, I'm going to tell you the ending, so do you want to know? Okay, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, as long as you're okay with spoiling it for everyone else who's listening to this commentary. No one should watch that film. So the Seven Pounds is the Seven Pounds of his body he's going to give to people. So he's going to give up his eyes oh, okay. to someone. He's going to give up. And what? So my cousin saw it, not Ryan, but his sister, Nadia. She saw it, and she told me, oh, and then he kills himself with a jellyfish. And I was like, no, no, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. But he certainly does. From, like, the first scene, he's got, like, a pet jellyfish. And, like, huh. that's how he plans to kill himself. Is he allergic? To, mm, no. I And I'm also <laughs> thinking the whole movie, okay, maybe he knows something about dying by jellyfish that I don't know. Like, maybe it's just less intense but it is an intense death scene he's like running around in the bathtub really it just looks bad i'm like doesn't that like like that's got to do something traumatic to the organs you plan on giving yeah. away like yeah. anyway so that's seven pounds don't watch it although woody harrelson is kind of good in it i didn't even know he was in it is it the same director as the pursuit of happiness yes yeah. yes a movie that after like i watched in theaters the voice of homer is in it dan castellano mm-hmm. as like his like boss or whatever the guy that he's trying to get the job from yeah um when he does get the internship and thereby getting money to like raise his son i wanted to clap in the theater mm-hmm. just like he clapped in the movie yeah so i think you should give that movie a chance yeah i know people really like that one a lot it's not that good of a movie it's just a nice moment <laughs> but will smith if you're out there listening to this this is just noah asking you to please just do something that i want to watch again so you don't want to watch his uh, M. Night Shyamalan film? No, I didn't even know there was one, but no, I don't want to watch it's it. It's called After Earth, no. starring his son. No, didn't see um, the robot, iRobot. Didn't I think you would like iRobot. Really? I don't know. Actually, you know what? Never mind. You know what I did see? I did see Men in Black 3. And, oh, so did uh, I. And, and it was it was okay. Yeah, it, it was, was much right. better than yeah. the second one. I, I say that. I don't know. I might watch the second no, one. No, it was, it was way better. better than the second one. Um, um, so yeah, there you go. Actually, I, I lied. I have seen a recent Will Smith movie. Men in Black okay. 3. Thank you, Will Smith. I take it back. And Josh you're out, Brolin. You're off the hook. Yeah, well, Josh Brolin was, was pretty awesome. He was a big reason I saw it. And the guy from Boardwalk Empire. And a serious man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I always forget his name. He's awesome, too. 
Michael Stroll. I just don't know how to pronounce his name. I know his name though. He plays like um, somebody on Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, he's also in uh, the beginning of Seven Psychopaths. Yes, with another uh, Boardwalk Empire alum. Yeah, Michael Pitt. Yeah. Um, Just related to Tarantino. So we're not getting too far off track um, a little bit, though. Seven Psychopaths, I enjoyed immensely. And uh, this is how I describe it. I I, I feel like somebody took an Elmore Leonard book. Sorry, not somebody. I feel like uh, Charlie Kaufman adapted an Elmore Leonard book and Quentin Tarantino directed it. Okay. So there's like elements of all, th- and I like all three of those people. Um, and Seven Psychopaths definitely had Kaufman and uh, and Elmore Leonard, and Charlie Kaufman also. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Were you going to show mm-hmm. me? I no, did, I yeah. wasn't going to show you anything. Michael St- Stuhlbarg. I don't know how do you would even Stahlbarg. Stahlbarg. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just going to defer to you on that one. That's yeah. who we're talking about from Boardwalk Empire. Who plays yeah. Maya Lansky? Yeah, no, no, no. 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 He's he's, he's uh, Marlansky is in his employ or should be. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're kind of breaking out there. But um, Arnold Rossi, Arnold Rossi, oh, Arnold. Yeah. Um, fixes the World Series. Seven Psychopaths, um, great film, very good film. Definitely was in my top five of best film of 2012. Yeah, but Django won. You want to know? I I feel <laughs> we who. They've got a thing, a run about Eskimo Joe in this. And he said, you, you, who knows how these names come up? Yeah. He's probably cold one day and everyone called him Eskimo <laughs> Joe. I thought that got a big laugh out of me in the theater. Yeah. I laughed like well into the, like, this. <laughs> into the next scene. There's just something about, about the, like, how um, nonchalantly he said that. Is it that coming like, up? I think I talked over it. Oh, like, <laughs> Damn it. Man, man you're going to rewatch this tomorrow or something. And it'll be yeah, I'll pick it up. Yeah, because they've already decided they're going to get Eskimo Joe. So, so Candy, I think uh, his character was styled to look uh, very devilish, obviously, oh, yeah. intentionally. He's like basically playing the devil here. He's always surrounded by a lot of red, too. Definitely a, a white devil. Yeah, white devil. <laughs> Black Hercules. That was it. Black Hercules. Actually, it's funny that the uh, there's a Hercules reference because I think that... Uh, I read today that the title, Django Unchained, is actually sort of also referencing, obviously, Django, but there was Hercules Unchained. It was an, it was. Old, an old movie from, like, the 30s or 40s. Hmm. Hercules Unchained. So that's another word. That's, uh, yeah, where you got the other second half of the title. Um, oh, no, this is where they're going to show her back or whatever. Kind of gross. I guess what I thought was he already knew that they were trying to screw him over because of this scene where he's like, oh, I bet you like having sex with all the, like, mandangos and, mm-hmm. and uh, let me show you the back. Well, it definitely would have sped things up a little bit. <laughs> um, hey, man, Quentin does a movie, like, once every five years. I like to I like to spend a little time with my good friend Quentin. No, well, he's, he only, he's, been, he's been making movies for 20 years, and this is, what, like, his seventh movie? You know, got okay, so my math is off, yeah. but... But yeah, he's definitely he's only got a few more left in him, so he says. Yeah, he'll. I yeah, I guess he was pretty adamant about that. Actually, saying that yeah. even the good directors they fall off, e- even if it's not terrible movies, they're still mm-hmm. a decline. Yeah, it's true. None of my favorite directors make movies as good as they used to. Um. So I guess. I wish I could think of a not good a- director at the moment, but I can't, so I'll just let that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, he'll definitely he'll be he'll be around, and uh, who knows? He says this now, but maybe he'll maybe he'll take yeah, like a he break. He also said he was going to do Kill Bill three. Yeah, or, or maybe Omega he'll just take movie. like an extended break and then realize that he's got this great idea that he wants to do. Yeah, it's, I'm not, I'm not up for artists telling me they're going to stop because it's it, they're artists for a reason. It's going to be in them until like mm. even if they make something bad. Obviously, yeah. I'm, I'm very vaguely referencing uh, Jay Z. Mm-hmm. And his many uh, retirements, or even like a Michael Jordan with multiple retirements. There's just certain people who do things at a certain level that, even though they want to like finish on top, there's going to be something nagging at them to come back. Yeah, I, I'm sure we haven't seen the last of Ryan Gosling, who's also now talking oh, about retirement. But didn't he didn't he say like just a break, or is oh, it full on retirement now? Uh, I'm not sure. Also, Steven Soderbergh apparently will not yeah, be around. Yeah, he's been saying that since what's it called? Same the girlfriend experience. Yeah. Uh, I remember back after The Mask of Zorro, Anthony Hopkins said he was going to retire. And uh, I'm pretty sure he did retire from acting. Really? He still shows up in movies. Oh, you just think he's, like, <laughs> he's done with actually trying to act? Yeah, yeah. He just he just phones it in. He just gets the, like, collects his paycheck. Uh-oh. Hello, I'm Anthony Hopkins. Here are the lines. They're very well read. Okay. And uh, <laughs> thank you very much. Have a good day. I feel like um, Sean Connery is the only one that stuck to his guns on the whole. Oh, no. Rick Moranis also sticks to his guns on the whole retirement thing. Uh, what about also um, uh, Willy Wonka? Oh, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder, yeah. I thought people just didn't want him. Is he really no. like, he's like, no. I'm done? Uh, well, I think it's it's pretty sad. I feel like the same thing actually kind of happened with him and Rick Moranis, um, where they kind of had like, I think they like lost their wives. Oh. And it's yes. just like they don't feel funny anymore. I can definitely <laughs> respect that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that happened with both of them. That's terrible. I wish yeah. I didn't start a joke. <laughs> so here is, I mean, we were talking about this earlier. He is able to get Calvin Candy away from the table. I think that, above anything else, should take away any doubt you have that he's actually the one pulling the strings here. Right. To get, to be, like, just think so, of historical context of this. For him to be able to get him to come away from the table mm-hmm. um, says a lot. And, so, and then just the way his demeanor changes once they're behind closed doors. And he's literally, like, the like evil villain, like... yeah. All he needs is a cat in his lap as he tells Candy what actually went down. So you think that he's do you think he's like way smarter than Candy and way more manipulative? Yeah. Well, he's yeah. certainly more vindictive. Yeah. Which it comes to the territory of being a house nigger. Because it's like, I'm the good one. Mm-hmm. Don't let these other ones from the field mm-hmm. take my spot. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that he is a lot more vindictive than, because it's all. I feel like it is his idea that, that gets Leonardo DiCaprio all riled up about. Because really, what does he care? Like he's already come to the conclusion: I'm going to sell something and get some money. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting. I feel like that gets a laugh as well. That, the, the statue, the focus of those, uh, yeah. those Greek wrestlers. I assume. Yeah. More Hercules. Um. <laughs> well, it's the uh, the fighter. What do they call the fighters again? Mandango or oh Mandingos, Mandingos oh that's yeah. what that is I thought it definitely thought it was Greek wrestling it's well it's definitely probably Mandingos it's definitely Mandingos. yeah man look he's at got this. a big chair yeah it's the mastermind them motherfuckers to buy no Mandingo pretty sure they didn't say motherfuckers back then You'd be surprised at how many mm-hmm. times Samuel Jackson went back in time to say <laughs> that's uh, speaking of boardwalk boardwalk empire. I like that when the um it's someone in Chalky White's group says motherfucker and Nucky's just like, What the motherfucker? <laughs> I really like that scene. That's a pretty yeah. cool scene. 
Is that season three? Have we watched? I think it? it's season one. Oh yeah. You should watch season three, by the way. If, you, if there's yeah, anything I've, getting in your way, just go ahead and watch it. <laughs> um, I usually wait for the DVD ah. or Blu-ray. Um, that is a show I should get on Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah, one of the other reason, another reason Tarantino is named for getting out of film is because he does not like the digital age, the coming of the digital age. He says he did not sign yeah. on for that. It definitely, yeah. I I used to think that, like, part of this, the, what we've been talking about throughout this, the whole looking weird on these uh, HDTVs was because of the digital stuff, but this this is presumably film. was yeah. filmed on film and yeah. it still looks weird. Yeah, I know. I, I was thinking about that earlier, too. I almost brought it up, but then I was like, no, Tarantino still shoots on film. Because this doesn't, this does not look like film right now, um, but it's just the transfer in the TV. Yeah, it's also a DVD, so maybe the yeah Blu-ray. I think well, you know what, the Blu-ray player is. Um, uh, Blu-rays are supposed to like up the quality of DVDs. Yeah. Apparently, the Blu-ray players. So maybe that's the effect. Like that's the trade-off. Is like yeah, it looks like a little crisper, but it doesn't. It but it doesn't necessarily look better. You know, it definitely doesn't look better. Yeah, that whole quote. If it had been a snake, it would have bit me. I don't. They didn't. They didn't mean him any harm. They just want to get that girl back. Whatever. So do you, you like this scene, this table scene right now, right? I feel like everyone likes it. No, I don't. You don't like the table scene. The the whole thing with the skull. Yeah. I think I think uh, DiCaprio does a good job, um, but I, I I just think it's like playing through a hurt hand. It's just like no, yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, I just think it's just at this point in the movie they're just like kind of dragging it out, where it's like, you know, we're almost at the two-hour mark, and there's going to be this whole added-on act, and it's just like, just get to the point, man. Just get to the point. Just get like you know, all we want to see, all we really want to see is Django shoot some motherfuckers. And you think, well, yes, it certainly take a while to get to that. Yeah. You definitely. Uh, you know what? I can't. I can't say you're wrong. <laughs> All I can say is I'm right that this is a great film. <laughs> um, no, you're right. It's, I just I guess I like this goes back to me liking when they took time out to do the whole like you cut the eye holes wrong or yeah. that whole like oh come in we have cake. This is another like thing that kind of like so it's just like while s- it doesn't really add to anything, it's a nice tense moment. Yeah, you're like oh shit, what's gonna go down? It's not as good as the whole. Um, Jews or rats speech. I yeah. think it's the same, same function, though. Pretty much, yeah. Same function as yeah. uh, Bill telling uh, Beatrix that she's uh, Superman and she should stop acting like Ken Clark. It's, uh, it's, yeah. I like those I like those speeches. That's all I can say. Sometimes I do. Um, this one, admittedly, isn't his best, yeah. but it's still something I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, see, <coughs> a lot of people... I like didn't like that about bastards. Like how, because that's like every scene in bastards, pretty much. Um, I, like almost every scene is like this, yeah, kind of drawn out. But for some reason, I guess maybe because it was consistent in that in that respect, and I just it just didn't bother me in that movie. Whereas, but yeah, you mentioned that Kill Bill scene, and that's a good speech. But um, like at that the first time I saw it, I was like, this is getting boring. I feel like I'm yeah. one of like ten people who legitimately likes uh, Volume Two. Yeah, I think people kind of like oh, that's okay if you no, put I, them both together. <clears throat> I like it. Um, 
Or you I, I, like, like I, like, I like part one more. Yeah. <clears throat> I also think it's kind of weird that uh, she doesn't use the Hanzo sword to kill him. I mean, I know she uses the special move, but yeah. uh, last time I watched it, um, I don't know if I brought this up to you or not, but uh, it just kind of like bothered me the last time I watched it when Hattori Hanzo comes out of retirement to make her this sword because she's like, I have vermin to kill. Yeah. I have to kill Bill. And she doesn't use it? But she uses it on like hundreds of other guys. It's like on all the crazy idiots. Like kill. He's like, I don't want to make instruments of death anymore. But uh, she kills all these other guys, hundreds of guys, and um, and then doesn't even kill Bill with it. And actually, in part two, she doesn't kill anyone. Well, she kills Bill. She kills Bill. <laughs> yeah, you're right. She doesn't kill anyone. She doesn't kill L, the driver. She doesn't kill Bud. What I will say, though, is that I think on a sentimental note, she wanted to literally touch Bill's heart for one last time. Yeah. Get through, and that's where the five-finger thing comes in. I just would have preferred it if, if she messed up the move and he shit his pants instead of dying. <laughs> if at the end Bill just shit his pants Fair and then she cuts his head off with the Hanzo sword. I, I guess and I just she shows didn't have a problem with it because it, at that point I was so charmed by the whole like, oh, her kid's still alive. Um, and like mm. they have that cool thing where he's like, oh, go ahead, tell mommy about your fish or whatever. Like, yeah. I was, it, it seemed like it couldn't have gone in an extremely violent ending for them they were they were yeah. already they'd already tapered off by that point yeah yeah i guess so maybe i'm wrong i just no, no. think that be, i don't mind the death of, of bill actually um at least it's a death. she actually and she does use the sword to fall back on when she falls back in the chair that she, she does stop herself with the sword yeah so the sword helps with the with the kill killing of bill i guess it's wait cuz the pi was it Pi May or something? Pi May, yeah. That guy doesn't teach Bill the fi- the five finger thing. No. So I, th- in addition to my stupid analogy of touching his heart, I think it's also showing that she does have one up on him because they both had Hattori Hanzo swords, but only True. she had the thing. So, yeah. Overall, they were always going to be equally matched until she brings out that one thing. Maybe they should have had a better sword fight beforehand, and then it comes to that. But yeah, that would have made sense too. Like I think everyone was expecting something big, but I guess you know what you got to give it to Tarantino for surprising people always. Uh, is this where he breaks, where he cuts oh, his yeah, hand. He just hurt his hand right there. Um, what do you? Uh, I'm gonna ask myself this, Daniel. What do you think about this whole subservient black person thing? Because it's got to be, especially as far as uh, African Americans are concerned, to think of. Uh, I think of people like Michael Jackson in particular, who like clearly are not wanted in the states and uh move away to like saudi arabia for a bit and then still come back to the states and stuff and feel the need to really be there and like be a part of the american dream i feel like there's something to what he's saying about the whole dimples thing and being subservient and not wanting to stray too far away or have anything like that good answer daniel Wait, that was, I, I thought that was the question still. No, no, no. That's just, I think that's that's what I think about the dimple speech. Hmm. What do you think about the dimple speech? Uh, but I think, I don't know, I've only heard it once, um, but I, I, I believe it's completely true. I'm totally behind it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess yeah. the speech boils down to, um, in white people, there's more dimples on the free thought side and then on black mm. people it's more on the subservient side and he um illustrates this point by saying that um 
one of the house slaves would always cut his father's hair or shave him. And he's like, why wouldn't he just cut his throat? Mm-hmm. That would like there's an obvious reason why he wouldn't. But mm-hmm. he's saying that if it was him, he definitely would have cut the guy's throat. Right. To make a run for it. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's how he illustrated the whole subservient versus free thought thing. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess now I'm asking <laughs> what do you think of that? What do I think of that? Um I mean, how much about uh, the brain would they really know in the 1860s? There's no chance he knew anything about the brain. <laughs> yeah. The point is, Quentin Tarantino must have read something about it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I really think that you should <laughs> watch this tomorrow and be like, yeah, this was awesome. I don't know. Like, I, I remember all these scenes pretty well. And, like, you know, they're good. I just, the, some of the parts. It's not equal to them on their own, in my mind. I don't know. Okay. I see what you're saying. A bunch of good scenes does not a good movie make. Yeah. Good elements. The trailer, I think I liked more than the movie. It's a fun trailer. I didn't like, after it had actually been released, I didn't like those trailers. But actually leading up to the release, I enjoyed those trailers a lot. I was, this was really intense for me. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought he definitely was going to mash up her hand or something. I didn't think she was going to get out of this completely unscathed. And no no nomination, though, for DiCaprio, though, eh? He must have been kind of um, pissed. My theory on that is that he will never get an Oscar. Even if he's nominated, this guy's never in there. My thing is, this guy is so childish looking. Like, he just looks so young. You can put all the he's facial hair on him you want. This guy looks just so young that, like, I'm always thinking... Oh, like that's cool. Little Leo's playing this character, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, he doesn't like m- like. I don't have that obviously with Christoph Waltz. Like maybe if he does something else, I'll be like, oh look, it's um, Hans Landa or yeah. King Schultz playing at something else. But I think it's everyone else seems age appropriate. I mean, in this character, it's cool because really. It's Stephen, who's uh, whatever his name is in this. Um, Samuel Jackson is. Yeah, well, like I said, they made the character younger so DiCaprio could play him, who's originally yeah. going to be older. But, um, and yeah, and so it works because he's supposed to be a little childish. He's like mm. Caligula, I think is who you compared them to. Oh, okay. So I wonder if they did, after he cut his hand in that one take, I wonder if that was yeah, all. To, like reshoot. Yeah, I wonder if they just <clears throat> put the blood on after or if that was all the same take. I'm guessing it was probably. Wait, was that Shaft, the name there? Yeah, because her name is Broomhilda Shaft. Oh, Shaft. okay. Oh, okay. That's okay. why he says yeah. they're the great-grandparents of the Shaft. Okay, I never caught that. Um, so, yeah, they actually are Shaft's great-grandparents. Wow. Not, yeah. <laughs> According to Quinn, unfortunately, whoever created Shaft isn't alive to uh, stop this tomfoolery. It was Isaac Hayes, wasn't it? Yeah, he created him. Yeah. That would be great if it while well, he is not alive. I've, you just <laughs> made me sad. I totally forgot that, actually. Went out kind of bad on South Park and in real life. Yeah. Scientology, man. It's back to the dog scene. Right? Yeah. I just really liked it. It really bothers me. Oh, back pickle. to the dog scene. Pickle. Pickle, yeah. Call it pickle. Um, yeah, I always wonder about stuff like that. Like, Not that this is a comparable film, but in Transformers 2, um, Shia LaBeouf hurt his hand too, and there's obviously... Luckily, he doesn't. He's has an injury at some point in the film, and so they can put a cast on him for the rest of it. But I'm like, that 
they don't film these things in order, so like that must yeah. mean like reshoots or something. So that yeah. they can well, I guess if they shot if they shot other angles first where he didn't have blood on his hand, yeah. they obviously would have had to reshoot those. But then if they're doing uh, if they did different takes subsequently, all they need to do is put some blood on his hand. But I would like to think that it was all the same take for as far as performance wise for DiCaprio. I'd like to think that he just like nailed it all because you know that scene keeps coming back that like. Different angles, though, so probably not. So I guess they probably just put some fake blood on after. But I know there is, his blood is in the film. Like yeah. There is a shot of his actual blood. Mm-hmm. White cake, eh? I like the way he says it. Hmm. We're having white cake. Something I've never had. I guess they didn't have Cool Whip back cool then. Cool Whip? Cool Whip. Um, here's something I'll say. Um, when he says, I was thinking... I was wondering what Dumas would think. I honestly thought he said what your ma would think, like oh, yeah. what your mom would think of this. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure some people in the theater with me thought he said that as well. Yeah. As, as, uh, instead of Alexandre Dumas. Yeah, yeah. Who, um, DiCaprio and Christoph Waltz have both been in adaptations of oh, Alexandre yeah. Dumas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That both. Three Musketeers with uh, the other Paul Anderson. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And the much better, in my eyes, uh, Man in the Iron Mask. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know who directed it. I guess I can look that up. Like, who are the Musketeers? Gabriel Byrne, um, Gerard Depardieu, and Jeremy Irons. Was Jeremy Irons. Wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I think that's probably the last time before this movie that DiCaprio ever played a bad guy. Yep. I guess it worked out for him because he could also play a good guy. Mm-hmm. John Malkovich was. was Malkovich, uh, yeah. Oh, Peter Sarsgaard was in that movie? Good for him. Um, Randall Wallace. Does that ring any bells with us? That's the director. No. Writer for Braveheart, Pearl hmm. Harbor, and We Were Soldiers. Hmm. Well, director, writer, and producer, and soundtrack on We Were Soldiers. Soundtrack, yeah. Yeah, so Randall Wallace. Forced to be with if you're yeah. talking about anything before 2002. I dabble in the acoustic guitar. Um, I think We Will Soldiers has an all-acoustic guitar soundtrack. No, I'm just kidding. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> I was I was going to go with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> really, Randall? Tell us some more about yeah. that. Um, it's just really bumping me out that you don't like this movie, and there's still I, like another hour left. Of <laughs> I, like, I, keep, I keep saying I do like it. I just, uh, I know just, I, I just it, want... Um, documented things of you saying I like it many like many it. times I like yeah many times over then you can just that's all this is going to be you're, you're just going to cut this all together of me saying I like this yeah, movie this it's going to be movie. a big surprise when this comes out oh, the, the big bite of cake he takes right there is really good yeah <laughs> small things like that I enjoy and even the look on her face if she's like oh good I'm free yeah but uh, no think about it if, if this movie was like the length that it should be there would be no gaps in this commentary whatsoever. We would like, you know, it would just if if this if this was like half an hour shorter, then we would barely have enough time to say everything that we need to say about That's it. That's true. That's very true. But if it was half an hour shorter, we might have missed amazing things like that, like the cake. Rick Ross song. Yeah, white cake, white cake. Jamie so Fox's ass, <laughs> and wait, his genitals. You don't actually see the genitals. I'm pretty sure you see his. Uh, All right, well, I'll get my camera ready. Scientific my uh, term for this, but ball sack. I'm pretty sure you see. 
Scrotum is the mm. word I was looking for. Does he, does he do a bit of a fruit bowl? Does he tuck it back? Mm. I would think he must have. Yeah, this is what I found. This is where he should put some French on him and then shoot him or something. Yeah. One complaint of the film. That and making Samuel Jackson darker than he actually is. You didn't like that, eh? You don't like that he's... Yeah, it's just... With all the other thought put into this in terms of uh, um, the black man's plight, seemed <laughs> like a, it seemed like an easy way out in maybe making maybe sure you knew he was the black guy. Maybe it was just like an unintentional... like. Uh, Side effect of, of I'm all sure the, if you of, talk of, to of, the makeup lady, it was not unintentional. Well, they, they they're like, oh, we were trying to match his skin tone, but we accidentally like went a bit darker with the prosthetics. I'm Do sorry you, that I assumed it was a makeup lady. It could have been a makeup guy. The makeup, um, the makeup individual. Yeah, you know what? I'm willing to. I know Kathy Bates has a in in the makeup community. I'll yeah. just, I'll tweet Ask her Kathy. and see if uh, she knows if maybe they just made a mistake. Yeah, got it too dark. Actually, Samuel L. Jackson did get on Twitter recently. I don't know if, like, I remember it was a big deal when he first got on. I didn't follow along. I don't know if he's kept it up at all. Oh, if you, during the NFL playoffs, he was killing it because oh, he yeah. loves the Falcons. He's got a weird way of spelling motherfucking. For someone who's known for saying motherfucker and mother, I don't like Does that he, he do tries like to, MU or something? Yeah, it's, no, but he's got like G's in there and stuff. I don't <laughs> know. It's, it's weird. You should just spell it properly. This is I and CS. This is, yeah, this is a really good part. However, um, having read the script definitely took all the tension out of it for me. Yeah, definitely. But I, did, I feel like what I liked about reading Inglorious Bastards, and maybe I wouldn't have liked it about this because this is a much more straightforward film, is that I was able to go into that film knowing that it wasn't going to be a whole bunch of Nazi killing. Like yeah. It's really a story about this French lady in her movie theater. Yeah. That is a great choice for him to... He's so ridiculously upset that his yeah. <laughs> master's dead. Yeah. Everyone else seems to react very slowly to this. Boom. Yeah, he could have he, he killed a few more people. That could have been Will Smith. If he really wanted to play a king show. Yeah. You know what I think? Is that his son will remake this film and play king show. Um, Whose son? Will Smith's son. Jaden yeah. Smith. You never know. Karate kid. You never know. This is actually, that's pretty cool. I'm also looking forward to the James Brown Tupac collaboration. Yeah. That they obviously worked on before their yeah. <laughs> respective deaths. Yeah. Um, we haven't mentioned, sorry, go on. No, no. What have we haven't mentioned? Uh, just the work of the, the DP, Bob Richardson. So just, just like, just the whole movie is just really, really well shot. Yes. Um, yeah. But um, I don't remember what I was going to say. Something about that. Oh, yeah. The, this scene in particular really got people upset. So, like I said, I've seen this a bunch of times in theaters. Um, the first time, it was like a, like a young couple, maybe like 20, 22. They were watching it. And the girl just like, during the um, Mandingo fight, mm-hmm. just like covering her face, like t- physically turned away from the screen, couldn't take it. Yeah. The other time I saw it was with like an older crowd, and uh, this was the scene that got them. You know? Really? And I was like, interesting. I, I feel like this is like I feel like this is like Kill Bill type violence, where yeah. it's just so over the top, like it's just all like this blood everywhere, and and that it just doesn't really affect me. Um, That's exactly how I felt about yeah, it. Yeah, it's just all style. I will point out that it's the most violent towards white people, though. Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, 
you know Jamie Foxx got in trouble after hosting SNL. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. When he's like, I get to kill a whole bunch of white people. How black is that? Or how great is that? Yeah. Which is kind of a stupid thing to say. He's uh, not known for saying the smartest thing. Well, he I'm sure someone wrote it for him. I don't think he said it. I think someone wrote it for him. Yeah. I mean, I don't... Um, and, and I'm a Jamie Foxx fan. It's just... I've seen enough interviews with him now that he's getting a lot of... Well, the whole Django thing really put him over the top in terms of uh, media presence. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I got the sense that it's probably best for him to, like, stick to, like, 30-second interviews. Yeah. I enjoyed his his hosting of SNL though. I can't. I watched it, but I can't even remember any of the sketches. I just one thing I remember that cool I shot. really like was the horrible bosses reunion of Jason Sudeikis and Charlie Day coming up during the like New Orleans courthouse thing. Um, Charlie Day showed up in that episode. Oh yeah, oh yeah, big time. It was great. Jamie Fox was one of the only funny parts of horrible, horrible bosses. bosses. I love this the story about how he got his name, motherfucker. That was so good, the, the way they lead you to think it's, yeah. And I stole her wallet. It's like, so I, you know, I fucked my mom up. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then anytime, anytime they called him motherfucker, crack cracked me up too. Whoa, whoa, listen, motherfucker. Motherfucker Jones. <laughs> yeah, that was... I'm, well, Overall, though, not a very good movie. I guess not. I still enjoyed the, the small bits. I mean, like, Charlie Day, I've come to the realization, I just think that guy's funny. yeah. Well, I mean, if a lot of it felt like, a, like an It's Always Sunny uh, episode yeah, because of Charlie Day. Sudeikis and um, Bateman, Bateman, though, they're, they're, like, they're, two, they're both straight men. It's like, yes. It was like two straight men and Charlie Day. Definitely. No, yeah. I'm, I've never been a big fan of Jason Bateman having to do the uh, heavy lifting comedy-wise. Yeah. I'd like people to bounce off of him. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what you believe. Um, what would you do in this situation? What would a question I, on everyone's mind. What would I do in this situation? Yeah, he's got your girl. Um, you're under a bookcase. Yeah, and if you don't get out, they're gonna kill. You. They're gonna kill you. The love of your life. What does Django do again? He gets up. I would get up. I guess that's mm-hmm. the best thing to do. Like you don't want to like. Definitely the best thing. I guess it's good because they definitely could have got him out and then shot her anyway. So at least they're men of their word in that respect. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of people are waiting for like to hear. I guess, yeah, this seems like it's just a very upsetting ending to a movie. Yeah. I'm sure like happened to this point. Well, people are probably still expecting him to like come out on top and to like it all like wrap up pretty soon at this point. And because I spoke to you before I saw this movie, I knew that it wasn't the end. Yeah. Just you didn't say anything, but I was just like, oh, when you talk about editing, I'm sure that this is part. Yeah. Well, I'm always when I go see a movie, I'm always I always know the running length, and I always kind of very aware of how much is left. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, at this point, too, uh, even when I was watching it the first time, I was like, man, there's still, like, half an hour left. But, um, you know, actually, half an hour, it's not as bad as I thought originally, because half an hour, 20 minutes, it's not as bad as 45 minutes, obviously. So, like, just a little bit of extra, a little bit extra. But then, like, yeah, then they introduced the Australians and that weird Tarantino thing, which we'll get to. And 
It's a bit weird the whole last half hour, but at least at least but we at least like, we got one more cool shootout. Yeah, it's a, I think I think it's worth worth it. Might be a little strong, but um, I do like the payoff. There's a scrotum. Oh, there's a scrotum. Well, no, the scrotum's the bag. You know, yeah, the but I'm saying it's probably not actually Jamie Foxx, though. Oh, well, yeah. Unless you, Neither are those scars. I just, <laughs> they put a fake scrotum and fake scars on them. Everything else, all Jamie. Yeah. His dick's... You can't see it. His dick's like almost touching his chin there, though. Yeah. I I was really put off by this scene. I thought he was going to like kick his head in or something like that. Mm. I was like, I feel like Jamie Foxx has got away with not being hurt that much in the like on screen in this film. Yeah, a lot of his pain comes like this. I was just like, oh, he's definitely gonna like, yeah, give it to him right here. And that's that's like a, a Western thing too. Whereas there's always there's usually one scene where the main character gets like the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, but he does get he gets tortured a little bit here though, right? He gets tortured. No, no, it? like it's going to happen and it doesn't. Um. Yeah, he's like a right about to cut it off, and I was like, "Am I gonna have to watch him get his dick cut off?" I'm like, "I'm not gonna enjoy that at all." <laughs> no, man, Django's got to can't cut off Django's dick. I was gonna say, <laughs> if they cut his dick off, he might as well just give up because what's mm. he gonna do once he gets Hilda back? Like, yeah, it's gonna be terrible. You know what? I changed my mind. <laughs> he's like, "All right, I'm done. Yeah. That's it. You got me." Um, here's my question to you. It's, I haven't put much thought into this. Is it, he's supposed to be somewhat gay or something? I feel like he walks off a little bit effeminate or something like that. Maybe. Um, you'll, well, you'll see when he walks out. I, I think it's like a choice. That, like in his head, he's like, "Well, my character's gay or something." Like that. Yeah. Seems like a little too much storyline for a character of this caliber. But like, well, no, I'm sure, especially the actors, to probably like. Uh, like to add things like that, <laughs> especially since I think I think I think that's probably like a choice that a lot of actors make with maybe even small roles because you know oh, they, they figure that like you know there's I got like the, if they they need something to draw on and they're just like you know what this character like especially back then where he would definitely he would be closeted so maybe he's like yeah he is a little effeminate there the way he's taking his hand out there yeah. holding the knife um. Like I said, not much thought put into it, but mm-hmm. I was just like, that's an interesting choice. So now Samuel Jackson is going to explain to him why you should never run up on him at a Raptors game and call him Lord's Fishburne. Mm-hmm. And also about how all the people wanted to cut his balls off. But he had the great idea of sending him to the LaQuint Dickey found plantation. You think Samuel Jackson should have been nominated for Best Supporting? No, you don't think anyone should have been. <laughs> uh, I mean, like I don't know. I would have, I would have been okay with DiCaprio getting a nomination, and I was okay with Waltz getting nominated. I just, I just thought it was kind of weird. I was surprised that he won again. Um, who were they going to give it to? Robert I don't know. De Niro? Uh, there was Philip Seymour Hoffman. What, was he supporting? Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, but the movie didn't get nominated. I was like, yeah, if he, if. If the movie got nominated, maybe he had a chance, but like yeah. clearly that was just like a well, really, actually, Whacking Phoenix stole the show. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. amazing in that, and I'm not even a fan of his. And I was like, oh, this guy's doing a great job. He, he, yeah, he just disappeared in that role. Um, no, I think 
Jackson. I like him in this role, but he's just a li- he's a little too hammy. Yep, I, I can. I mean, now actually, it looks like he's just talking to me. I don't even think he's looking at Django now. It just looks like he's talking. Yeah, to it looks me. like he's looking at the camera here. Like, um, I was actually like really surprised, basically, at how well this did in award season overall. Like, I, I think I, I don't know if Tarantino was expecting that or going for that because it felt like he was going for another, you know, like almost like a Kill Bill exploitation movie. Like, it, I was just really surprised at how well everyone responded to this I movie. I think Audiences they realized they missed the bone on the Bone Glorious Bastards, and this is close Well, Bastards got nominated for a bunch, too. It yeah, just didn't, didn't win. I don't think it won. No, Waltz won, but that's about it, yeah. yeah. But, um, no, I don't know. I, like I said, I've said many times, but I just think that Bastards is a better movie. And this one is it's a fun movie. It's, it's entertaining. It's cool. It's a, it's, it it's fits into a lot of different... Um, Movements, you know, like the Western, the Django series, the mm-hmm. black exploitation, a lot of different things. And I'm glad this movie exists. You know, there's a lot of cool That's elements. That's all I needed to hear. If <laughs> the podcast is done, yeah. you're glad it exists. I'm glad this movie exists. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it happened. Um, you know, and, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, I first said to you that I was disappointed. It was just because my hopes were so high. But, um, yeah, like I, I've just and then and that's and I was really surprised at how well everyone reacted to it. Listen, I mean, as someone who was crestfallen in the final moments of Dark Knight Rises, and pretty much all the way through that movie, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, did you have you did you ever stay for after the credits? Yeah, you ever seen when the he's part? like, who yeah. was that guy? Yeah, I, I was happy I stayed. Yeah. I didn't stay until the second time though. Yeah, of the twenty-seven times I saw it. How many times did you actually see it in theater? Uh, three times in theater. Yeah. So this is like my fourth time. Yeah. But, um, so this is what I'm talking about. Like, yes, it took like two hours to get here, but he's finally like a, f- he feels confident enough to like talk to these guys now. Yeah. And like pull one over on them. And like, even the way he's like, hey, get over here, get over here, like stuff like that. Like, yeah. He learned a lot from Schultz. Yeah. I, I guess I just, it, a pre- and it wasn't until the second time I watched it that I appreciated the growth that his character had. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe people would have appreciated it if it happened a little faster. He's not good at this. No. <laughs> it sounds exactly like my Australian accent. This is the uh, first time he's acted in one of his movies since Pulp Fiction, I guess. One of his own movies. What, he's on the the oh uh, wait no the machine death proof. In, he's on the machine in Jackie Brown. Oh, just his voice. He's, it's yeah. He's like yeah. he's the one that's like you have this many messages or something. Oh yeah, but and he's, he's also in got death the role. Proof. Yeah, yeah. Or no, wait, no, he's in um the other movie. He's in both. He's in Death Proof. Think, yeah, he's, he's in death. death Proof. He's like the bartender. Mm, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, here's a little off topic, but something that I uh, I was surprised that. I had never realized before. I'm a big fan of uh, From Dusk Till Dawn. Um, and everyone always says how like it kind of feels like two movies. Uh, I like that, though. Yeah, yeah, I love that, too. It's it, it, In my mind, it's like the better Grindhouse double feature. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you got like the Tarantino and then the Robert Rodriguez when the vampires come in. But here's something I can't believe that I never like thought of until recently, which is that, so yeah, obviously, like up until the vampires show up, it feels like a Tarantino movie. It's like right. this crime movie. And then when the vampires show up, who's who's the first person to die? I don't remember. 
Tarantino, his character. Richie's oh, the first really? one. Yeah, yeah it was some oh, so like they're, they're they, they, literally getting they, rid yeah, of Yeah, they, the you know? they kill off Tarantino, and then it's a Robert Rodriguez vampire movie. He's the first to go. I forgot about that. He does die pretty early. Yeah, Richie. I remember uh, telling my sister to watch Dustled On, being like, don't look anything up, just watch that movie. Yeah. And then, like, right when the vampires kicks in, she texts me, what the fuck yeah. is this? I can't believe it. Like, I she know. loved it. Like, I it wish like, I didn't know. They're, 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 they marketed it as, like, a vampire movie. It was in all the trailers, yeah. so I knew. But That's the only thing that I could count on is that my sister wasn't old enough to, like, yeah. remember the trailer. So it was yeah. just like. So I wish I didn't know. Because I know sometimes people watch it and they have no idea and it just, like, blows their mind. So I wish I could have had that experience with it. I still enjoyed it, but yeah, it, it is definitely something that I was like, I I envied my sister's like, yeah, there's fucking vampires in this movie. Yeah, it was great. Um, the first time I saw this movie, I definitely thought that he was gonna go with them to kill off these people. Yeah, when he blows them up, I was like, holy shit, this should have been happening two hours ago. Django's killing. Him. Well, that's uh, and then when. When Tarantino has his demise here shortly, that's when I realized that, like, oh, okay, that's why he wanted to be in this movie. He wanted to blow himself up. Yeah. He just wanted to blow himself up and do an Australian accent for some reason. That is a weird thing. I, I heard it explained somewhere. I can't remember why, but, like, just basically, like, why these characters were Australian or the, the significance of that. But I, I, I forget why. <laughs> well, I'm going to make up one. So, um, basically... Um, set designer was Australian and she'd always bring around Vegemite and um, this guy here on the left beside Michael Parks is uh, he was part of the catering crew and he would always have to go on a Vegemite run like you got a pretty funny accent man you want to you want to be in this or something and he's like oh I don't know mate oh it's going to be pretty yeah, you know I'm just I'm just here trying to do a, a catering and then Quentin Tarantino was like well what if what if I do it with you yeah and it will be pretty good, right? Yeah. And, and uh, they join in. This is going to be really shit if this guy's like a serious actor. Or something. <laughs> Terry Dean Stanton. <laughs> yeah. If not, <laughs> then I'm pretty sure that's how it went down. Yeah. And then Tarantino wrote this whole last act. He's like, I'll, I'll write it. I'll write more. I'll write more, then, man. Then right. It was supposed to end in Candyland, but then uh, he wanted to incorporate the Australian Vegemite guy. And he's just like, you know what? Maybe, uh, maybe they just capture Django and they send away and then. And then, hey, we got an extra half hour. We got to have an extra half hour, man. It's great. Yeah, well, I'm really waiting for you to fully break into your Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> oh, that's a great film. I love that film. Yeah, it's a great film. <laughs> this guy, man, we, we've we've referenced it enough, but that him on 106 in Park is ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> his black talk. Well, I don't use the computer too well. Yeah, yeah. So he was talking about how like. John Legend sent him a song, but because he sent it on tape instead of on a USB, he was actually able to listen to it. And um, I was just like, are you kidding me, man? This yeah. Is, what is this? Yeah, with the times. He should have just emailed it to you. <laughs> yeah. Go suck on some feet. Suck on some feet, indeed. Oh, here, here, Here's like a gross mental image for you. In the same interview, where uh, the Howard Stern interview, where they're talking about that letter, he also talked about his, um, I guess, I don't know, I don't know if you have a slept together but anyways he's had like relations with kathy griffin oh oh well she's in pulp fiction oh yeah that's right yeah yeah she's the one that's like oh he ran into him yeah yeah that's right i forgot about that um yeah yeah. i bet he did have sex with her yeah but like um that is a nice image though of them see i was completely blown away by that and here we go john legend kicks things off hey look 
Cage's lock there. Oh, you're saying that we've found a goof? I think so. I think it's opened up. I think it was like open before. Oh man. Yeah, yeah there's. A <laughs> yeah, it's a great song though. Um, yeah. watch this with subtitles, guys, because it definitely says mid-tempo song. <laughs> this is definitely getting the adrenaline going now. Um. Also, so no dynamite at this point in time. I don't think that was came around to the Civil War. Oh wow! Yeah. They are Australian, though. They might have had some stuff they from across the sea that yeah. uh, no one else had in the states. This could be what we're, we're looking at is Shaft's great grandfather introducing dynamite into <laughs> America. <laughs> well known, uh, little known fact. Yeah. Here's what I don't know. So, like, he's taking this ha- horse. Do you think this is his horse or the horse he was riding in, like, the first half of the film? Well, the fact that he's going bareback on this horse makes me Probably think that it's going to be... one. Because he, he trusts this horse. He knows he can go bareback. And he, he does the, like, twirling and stuff w- at yeah. the end with the horse. Yeah, so you I don't want to like go bareback with a horse you don't know. That's true. Yeah. If that horse even had a concept of being in film, it would be really proud of itself right now. Yeah. Too bad it doesn't have any idea. Now he gets the respect. What's dynamite? I feel like he, yeah, they definitely should be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I guess he did throw it in there and go, here's some dynamite for you, blackies. <laughs> Another great film, Black Dynamite. I love that film. It's so good. It's, a, it's really well done in terms of the spoofing and stuff. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes is when they, like, break down, like, so who, what company makes this? They're like Mars, and like, and what is the Roman god for? Like the yeah, god the, of War, the Batman <laughs> scene, like the yeah, yeah. Like they're referencing the old Batman show. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty impressive though, riding bareback like that. Just part of the reasons I respect uh, Jamie Foxx. Um, overall, Kerry Washington doesn't have much to do in this film. No, not really. I no. I remember people being like, "Oh, like it's so brave of her to take this role. It's gonna be like." A yeah. serious, like a, and I, I guess it got cut or something. And yeah, her name definitely comes up a lot in like the PR and the marketing. So here we go, Zoe Bell looking at this, like what I remember as those Disney like three D things for some reason. And yeah, yeah. That seems like there's some kind of backstory to that. that clearly yeah, got that's cut. a weird shot. That, yeah. Um. By the way, we are now listening to my least favorite song on the Django soundtrack. A song that I definitely skip more than I listen to. What is it? Don't know the name of it. It's um, Too Young to Die or something. Hmm. Um, D'Artagnan, motherfuckers. Hmm. So, yeah, there we go. Good stuff. So, he says the name of the slave. Because they, oh, they, they suck the dogs on Oh, him? yeah. They're the dog owners. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he's like, what's that Whoa. dog barking about? He's like, what about Tanya, motherfucker? More bareback riding. Hmm. Or do you think this is another, like, out-of-sequence thing where this is him still riding to the Well, thing? it's probably, yeah, they probably did the same. They, that could have even I been know the same, same shot. I know it's the same shot, but yeah. I'm like, do you think that was him, like, going to that? Because you still have to oh, the, the go away. Ways. You have to go away from that cabin because that's where the dog's going to. Yeah, yeah, you still yeah. got to go away to get to Candyland. Yeah. I kind of wish this was where the Rick Ross song was, the 100 Black Coffin song. Yeah, I kind of remembered it coming in later. We got the Richie Havens one coming up still, though. Yeah. Um, 
this was a much needed scene. Him saying goodbye. I guess it really all it is is so he can get the thing off of him. Um, Hildy's papers. Mm. But he still gets to say goodbye to his friend. And he just leaves him there, though. He doesn't get to bury him. Uh, I don't know if I would be willing to put in the effort to bury I'd kind of like, maybe, maybe, like, maybe hey, I'd come back later. Hey, is that Django over there? <laughs> <laughs> digging a hole? Well, we're trying to bury candy, and yeah. he's wearing, ah, oh, no, no, this is not, this won't do. Um, what do you think about uh, Candy's sister? Like, I felt like, you know, it hasn't happened yet, but uh, I felt like she didn't really deserve to go. Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed her going, though. Really? Yeah, well, cause I, I didn't think that she deserved it. Yeah, it's just a cool shot. Um, I don't know. What, I didn't see the need for her character at all. I, was I think I've brought this up earlier in the podcast where like everyone seemed excited that she was joining the cast. I'm like, well, I only know her from Kill Bill 2. And like yeah. I said, I, uh, Enemy of the State is the other movie I saw her in. Yeah. And I was just like, well. Like, and then when I saw them, I'm like, well, it's a good payoff for the character. But like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I know some people thought there was some sort of like incestual undertones with her and Candy, but... I don't think the, those are like developed enough to really have hold any water. Yeah, I'm I'm fine leaving that as yeah. just he loves his sister. Yeah, and it's also it's like I think it's because of like the the cheek kisses, but I think that's more of him being like a francophile. Yeah, I also think he doesn't really like women. Part of the reason he still lives with his sister. Maybe he maybe he likes black men. Well, yeah, he might. You know, he like he likes watching those fighters. That's like the best acting she does in the whole movie. The whole being like, wait a minute, is it someone coming to rape me? No? Okay. <laughs> There's Walton Goggins in the middle with his weird ass walk again. Yeah. That's a pretty cool shot. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I've missed a few. There's been, there's like a lot of, well, we've missed them all. Um, <laughs> all of the, uh, like just references to like other Westerns. A lot of like John Ford shots. I a lot definitely of, would not have known them. So yeah. Well, uh, there's one, uh, yeah, there's anytime it's like through a doorway, pretty much there's a few of those like shooting characters through like framed through a doorway. Okay, that's John Ford. So the big one would have been when uh, uh, Hildy's talking to uh, um, Schultz, and then they c- and then he comes in. And he's like, "Hey, little troublemaker." Um, yeah, but I'm thinking more like uh, out of a door into an exterior. Okay, um, there's a few of those, but yeah, like not not between rooms. But like from inside to outside. Okay. There's a few like there's one when uh I think it's when um it's during the Jim Croce song when him and Schultz are first kinda getting like suited up. There's one of them both like riding okay. off. Um obviously a ton of um Sergio Leone references too. Definitely. Okay, so I feel like Okay, so it is. I always was confused about that. Is Django singing the whole time, or does he come in and subtitles have <laughs> solved that mystery for me? Steven does start yeah. off oh, yeah. in the suite with uh, Django finishing off with by and by. Oh, y'all going to meet? Um, yeah, kill some motherfuckers. This is great. And like, I count six shots, nigga. <laughs> so this. I said in the inaugural podcast, I don't agree with this whole um, Billy Crash, Walton Goggins calling Jamie Foxx Django. I don't think he can read. I don't think he's ever had to read <laughs> oh, yeah, Django's name off true. of any manuscript. 
So why in the world, after hearing everyone around him refer to him as Django, would he say, Django, you black son of a bitch? Uh, I think I because, get that it's the payoff for that, but I'm yeah, saying I think it's because Tarantino thought it would get a laugh. But yeah, it you're did. Right. It does get a laugh. Yeah. I'm just saying there should have been a thing where like they're reading his name off of uh, off of uh, a manuscript or something, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Well, I'm gonna just call that Django." And throughout yeah. the whole movie, he calls him Django, and he's not strong enough to say anything. And then mm-hmm. that's the payoff of him being like, "The D's silent, motherfucker." Yeah, yeah or you hillbilly or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Boom! Laura is gone. And that's great. I think they should have stuck around to help. I know he told them to leave, but I guess they were going to get blown up if they stuck around. True. The house is going down. I really like the song that plays when the house blows. I'm going to say that. It might be my favorite song on the soundtrack. This is it. see look this is it. This is like the okay corral. This is the showdown right here. He drops his cane. This is what most people should have known. Does he not even to. need the cane? I think this is just for effect. I don't think that's this is the, the whole conversation. Kaiser Soze. I'm telling you it's Kaiser Soze. That would be nice. <laughs> Brian Singer just comes in. By yeah. the way, I helped yeah. direct this last bit. Yeah. If you're wondering why it was so long. <laughs> Boom. That's a Tarantino thing, right? I hear tell that it's, or other than the kneecap, it's one of, isn't that um, in, um, in Reservoir Dogs? I think it's Reservoir Dogs, and then it comes back and Kill Bill too because he's like, "I'm gonna shoot you in the kneecap." I hear tell that's a, a mighty, is it yeah. a painful place to be shot? So there's another reference yeah. to another Tarantino. He's reusing lines. He's maybe that's he why maybe, that maybe that's why he's retiring. He's running out of lines. No, I I, I appreciate people who bring lines back. Like, yeah, he's referencing himself. Self-referential, yeah, that's... How Brechtian. <laughs> this is a great death scene. I don't even care if you don't like it. I think this is great. <laughs> I'm going to try and read it. You wriggle, but they going to find your ass. It's a candy land. <laughs> I just feel like overall he should have been blown up too. But I'm glad he didn't get blown up. It's Django? Cool. Yeah. No, he doesn't walk nearly far enough away for it to be a safe distance. Yeah, or if he just like tries to walk away from the explosion like a cool guy, but like just like gets like yeah. blasted onto his face, and then still gets up. And yeah, they really love this medium tempo song thing. Oh, wait, did I miss? Did we miss the Richie Haven song? Was that earlier? The uh, Freedom. I mean, um, yeah, I think I must have missed that. Oh yeah, that yeah, is. Uh, yeah, you, you missed it down. when he. When um, he's deciding that he's going to give up. And he's like, all right, I give up. He's like, I can't hear you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't sing along. But (laughs) the thing is, I really like the song, and I wish that I could sing along. Because that's a great (laughs) song. This is where they, like, give up on the whole, like, this is a serious thing. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, man. Django Unchained. He gets unchained pretty much in the first scene. Yeah. And then he walks away like a dragon. Yeah. Coming out. Yeah. Going back to the broom room thing. Styling. Where'd he get those clothes from? Oh, he stole them. He stole them from uh, Calvin. Straight up jacked them. Yeah, yeah. Those Calvin's clothes. 
Will Smith, I will say you're dumb for not taking this role. Yep. It, it would have been the role that put you back in good stead with people. Yeah. I'm glad Jamie yeah. Foxx got it. I don't think uh, I don't think Will Smith really cares. You no, know, I think he doesn't care because he's rich. Uh and I hear that he has a lovely house. Yeah. Uh he's got an open marriage. Um so you know why he has an open marriage? Cuz he's gay? Yeah. I guess so. I guess I so. I don't know. He might be. I don't know. If, you know if it came up that he's gay, I'd be like, eh, whatever. I feel like that's the only reason his um wife would be like, Jada Pinkett would be okay with it. Yeah. Well, I've heard they're just like best friends, and it's just like all for career and and appearances. Uh, I don't know. Would just explain rumors. why she was told when she um, auditioned for the role of, that uh, Nia Long ended up getting as the woman that might marry him in Fresh Prince that they were told they don't have enough chemistry. Oh, really? Yeah, that's funny. It's weird how this is the same rumors about all the very big players in Scientology. You know, Tom Cruise, John Travolta, yeah. Will Smith—they all have gay rumors. This is very important at the end of this commentary that we address this. I, I, well, here's the thing. I, it has nothing to do with the actual film. Well, except the fact that Will Smith was you know, rumored for this role. I just, it is, it's true, the three of them. I, I didn't know that he had fully committed to being a Scientologist, but I heard that for the last how many ever years he's donated to them, mm-hmm. which has got to be enough. All right, so... The film is done. We're not going to wait till the end for that whole thing. So yeah, but just so you know, there is a, a small Easter egg at, at the end of the credits. Yeah, if you, you can keep seen watching yet. if you want. It's very brief, and you'll see what happened to those guys. There's one more. In the, uh, there's, carriage. there's one more N word. Yeah, what, just one last. Who was that nigga? And a rap song is playing now by RZA. So that's good if you're still yeah. listening. Um, so I guess I hit you over the head with this a bunch of times. Yeah. I don't think you've changed your position. Uh, like the movie overall, yeah, you were disappointed by it as a whole. Yeah, uh, it was an anticlimactic experience. Um, but like I said, I'm glad this movie exists. I'm <laughs> glad this commentary exists. Uh, me too, man. And uh, I don't think I can never watch this movie now without uh, listening to this commentary. That's definitely how I'm going to watch this. Here's the thing: I'm going to stick up for this movie one last time. Uh, no, I'm not. This is a <laughs> this is an awkward ending. My only problem with it is the whole Calvin Candy dying and then. There's like another forty minutes. I'm willing to overlook that. I get. You made a very good argument for that, for why that is. Well, he's not the main bad guy. I yeah. think that's that should be pointed out. Yeah. It's still an awkward thing because it's so much, so much is put into his death. Yeah. Um, and it's so far away from the real bad guy's death. But I wonder if it wasn't such a big star, would it be given as much weight? If it wasn't Leonardo DiCaprio, would it be given as much weight? If you were drawn into the movie, because I think that character had the potential to be what Hans Landa was in *Inglorious Bastards*, because like mm-hmm. for American or North American audiences, no one really knew who Christoph Waltz was. You yeah. might have known, you might have been known. No, I, I never but, seen like, him. He ran away with that movie, and yeah. I think Calvin Candy could have run. Like if you put a nobody in there or something like that, he could have run away with that film as well. Right. Um. Um. But yeah, I guess I'm now thinking of the Dark Knight, where like the Joker kind of has his demise, and then uh, Two Face goes on. So mm. maybe I just like movies that have more than one ending. Yeah. So you are you, you, you must I love Return of the King, then. No, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Yeah. No, I Too take it endings. back. I only <laughs> like those two movies. Yeah. Um. So yeah, thank you 
for stopping by and doing hey, the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, this is the point where I ask you if you have anything to plug right now. Anything to plug? Yeah, if you uh, my phone in. You I gotta plug my phone. phone in? Yeah. Um, that's over the there. IPhone, my iPhone five. Yes, Apple. Please remember <laughs> that I'm all for yeah. you sponsoring this podcast. Um, my my old Dell uh, laptop could use uh, an upgrade. So Dell. <laughs> Apple, we're yeah. here for you. Um, but if you've got like a Twitter, um, Noah R. Taylor, yes, um, and yeah, cin- uh, follow also Cinema Canadiana. And uh, remember, I mentioned Tarantino's favorite Canadian movies, find out th- about that stuff and more at Cinema Canadiana, I'll also on Twitter. On blog. Cool, but yeah, but yeah, yep. please. And um, and dorkshelf, dorkshelf.com. There we go. Um, as always, I will talk about my Twitter, which is at s.grant, s d o t g r a n t. The Tumblr, tdfeverything.tumblr.com. And I still have a book out, so if you want to get that book, that's at amazon.com, not .ca. You just type in better than me and uh, put my name in there, Daniel. You'll find it. You can get it as an ebook or a physical book. And uh, we'll all be happy. Mm-hmm. So uh, I always type in, you think you're better than me. I you never, think you're I better than me? I never find it. Don't 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 put in. You think you're better, even though I do think I'm better than you. Whoever's listening right now, yeah. don't type that. In. It's true. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. No problem. See you. This has been a tdfeverything.tumblr.com production. You feel me, blood? <laughs>